What's going on guys? It's your boy Scrubby here back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. Today I've got a compilation of some of my favorite story times I've Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So, while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Said through the year. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. 12 Days of Scrubs is still going to happen at the end of the year, I promise. I'm just going to do a few of these because you guys like them. Enjoy. Alright, so like I said, this story was sent in to me by a subscriber that was in the unfortunate position of having to ride the bus home from school every day. You know, and one thing that I'll say about school buses from my experience, they tend to get a little chaotic. It's just too little supervision with too many dumb kids. And that being said, you know, most of the time you don't have some dude that thinks he's like in charge of a gang on your bus who's telling you that you're gonna have to pay him for protection and stuff. But I guess there was this emo kid on this subscriber's bus that was like always calling it his turf, you know, and, and was referring to his friends as his gang and that they were here to protect their turf. And if anyone stepped to his gang, they were going to have a problem. And each time I said turf and gang right there, I was using air quotes because there's like literally no reason to think that these kids would have done anything to protect their turf or that they were actually a gang outside of like knowing each other. I mean, I'll be honest, the gang was like the three emo kids on the bus that bullied people, you know, plus this leader dude who was like in charge of them. And uh, there's nothing that scary about a gang of four emo kids approaching you and like trying to intimidate you, you know, you're like, trust me, you guys hate your lives way more than I hate mine. Overall, though, they thought they were super intimidating, and because they were in a group, a lot of people on the school bus just naturally didn't try to have any problems with them because, like, going up against a group isn't fun. But the leader of this group would talk about himself like he actually thought he was Al Capone in charge of the mafia, man. Like, he legitimately thought that he had some real type of criminal enterprise going on because he was in charge of, like, four emo kids on the bus, you know? And listen, that's really not that much power, dude, but the way he would talk about himself was like he had actual pull in the city and could make things happen. For example, if somebody did something that he didn't like, like if somebody sat in his seat or, you know, what disrespected him or what he took as disrespect, he would like pull them aside and tell them that they didn't want to be on his bad side because of his influence and that him and his gang were not somebody that you wanted to cross. Totally acting like it was, you know, 1920s Chicago and he was bootlegging some liquor around like oh yeah you don't want to cross me what are you and your gang gonna do bro call me four eyes like what really you and your little crew on the school bus can't do anything if you do decide to beat me up okay then the bus driver still has more power than you and you're not gonna ride the bus anymore so all you really can do is like call me names and okay whatever the emo kid who wants to act like a mafia don is calling me names I, I can take that 
And listen, man, I'm just saying, people in the mafia actually have power, bro. They could probably actually make people swim with, swim with the fishes or whatever. But you're not that because you have three dudes on a school bus that listen to you. It's just not the same thing. Anyways, one day the subscriber gets on the bus and sit next to his friend. And they sat about two rows back from the emo kid that I'm going to call Al for the rest of the video. Like, the leader is going to be Al for Al Capone, you know? Regardless, they sat two rows back from Al. And on this particular day, the subscriber that sent this to me wasn't exactly in a great mood, you know? He wasn't going out of his way to have problems, but he also really wasn't in the mood to be dealing with anybody's crap. I think everybody can relate to that, you know? You're just at your, the end of your rope when it comes to taking orders from people or, like, just dealing with stuff that makes no sense. Anyways, he just kind of had this feeling of, like, I, nobody talked to me right now. I don't really want to interact with anybody. I just want to get home off this bus. But whatever, halfway through the bus ride, Al stands up, two rows in front of them, and is like, you know, attention, attention, I've got to make an announcement. And he literally makes the entire bus quiet down and look at him, you know, because a lot of these kids were afraid of him and his little group. And once he has everybody's attention, he's like, all right, we're going to be making some changes around here. You know, like it's a corporate seminar and he's just telling everybody they have to take shorter lunch breaks. Anyways, he proceeds to tell the bus that him and his little squad are going to be offering protection to everybody for $5 a week. If you give them $5, they'll make sure that nothing happens to you on the bus, nobody messes with you, they can guarantee you get to and from school very quickly and safely. And, you know, it, it definitely is a program that is uh, designed to have your safety at heart. And obviously, everybody's like, okay, I don't necessarily feel unsafe on the school bus. I don't feel like I have to pay this random kid to protect me. So what happens if I don't pay it? Like, what if I just tell you, no, I don't want to pay for your stupid little gang to protect me? Well, Al's answer to that question was, well, then at that point, he couldn't guarantee that you would make it to school without having any issues. You know, he couldn't guarantee that you would have safety on the bus. Which is nuts about this entire situation is that it's literally a protection racket. Like, the mob would actually do this to businesses, dude. They'd go and be like, hey, we're going to protect your business, and if you don't pay this fee, then we can't protect it. That's literally what he's trying to do on the, on the bus. Sorry, boss, bus, same thing. He literally thinks he's a kingpin in charge of the mob out here who's like, you're going to pay me $5 a week, and if not, me and my friends are going to bully you. And at that point, you know, the subscriber has just had enough. As I said, he's not in the greatest mood already. And now this guy's trying to tell him that he has to pay $5 a week to be safe on the bus. Yeah, no, I'm not going to pay you, bro. You and your little emo squad don't even scare me in the first place. So I guess the subscriber at that point goes, hey, Al. And Al turns it, looks at him, and he goes, go yourself. But he didn't say nothing. You know, he said another word that I'm not going to say because I like when my videos stay monetized. But, you know... Obviously, Al wasn't really expecting that response because he comes over to him and he gets up in his face and he whips his long emo hair out of the way, you know, so he can actually make eye contact with him. And he's like, what did you just say to me? I was in the middle of an announcement and I think I heard you insult me. So I'm going to give you one chance to think about this before you answer this question. What did you just say to me? And he's trying his best to be really intimidating, you know, but he's just not very intimidating like at all. 
And so the subscriber, without missing a beat, is like, I said F yourself, all right? I'm not going to pay you and the three stooges over there to not beat me up on the bus, okay? It's not going to happen. You guys aren't going to beat me up anyways. And obviously, the entire bus is kind of taken aback. Most of them had never stood up to Al before because they were just kind of afraid of what would happen. So everybody's just kind of watching this situation, holding their breath a little bit. And Al is taken back because nobody had ever really talked to him like that before. And so he's thinking about what to say, and finally he's like, well, then I guess you're going to have a rough time riding the bus, little boy. I'm going to make sure that you have some problems. Do you understand? You're not going to disrespect me. And if you're not willing to pay for protection, then I can't guarantee that you're going to be safe. And the subscriber is like, you know, once again, not really having any of this. He thinks he's being super intimidating, super scary, but it's just more annoying, and it's pissing off the subscriber more that he thinks he's afraid of them. And he called him little boy. Like, nobody wants to be called that. So at that point, he really snaps, and he's like, listen, Al, I understand that you think you're the big man in charge of the bus, okay? I, I get that. I understand you think you're cool, you and your gang run stuff. You don't, actually. The bus driver in the school district are in charge of this bus, no matter how much you think you are. So go ahead and hit me, beat me up, do whatever you gotta do if I don't pay you. But just understand that the second you hit me, I'm telling the bus driver, and if you fight on the bus, you get kicked off, I don't. Which is the reality of the situation, you know? You can't just decide that you run the bus when you're somebody who rides the bus. That's not really how it goes down. You don't really have any, like, right to be in charge of it. Sure, could you say that the person who sent this in shouldn't have threatened to snitch? I guess, but at the same time, somebody starts saying, you're gonna pay me or I'm gonna beat you up, and you're like, all right, go ahead and beat me up. You're gonna get kicked off the bus, idiot. I don't know, I don't really consider that snitching if the other person is going out of their way to involve you in the situation and threaten to take your money. And uh, let's be honest, these guys aren't in charge of the bus. No matter how tough you think you and your little squad look in your Hot Topic t-shirts, the bus driver is still in charge of the bus at the end of the day. And if they slam on the brakes and go to the principal and say, this dude can't be on the bus anymore, I don't really know that there's much you can do to kind of stop them, you know? Then mom's gonna be really mad at you. You thought you hated your life before, just wait till you have a reason to get angry at your parents, dude. My goodness. Anyways, at that point, one of Al's little crony pipes up, and he's like, do you want me to take care of this kid for being disrespectful? Which, like, oh my gosh, bro. It's already embarrassing to think that you're the emo kid in charge of the bus and have a little mafia, right? But it's more embarrassing to be a henchman in the emo mafia. At least Al is out here bossing people around, but imagine taking orders from, like, a 5'6 kid that's running around with emo hair flipping it and being like, beat him up on the bus. And Al, kind of, I guess, afraid of the fact that this kid had stood up to them and said that I'll get you kicked off the bus is like no no you don't need to do anything to him you know don't collect money from him but go ahead and get the money from everybody else for their protection because you know we won't mess with him but everybody else we have to make sure that they can guarantee their safety and the gun like the goon the grunt the goblin whatever you want to call him is like oh okay boss and he goes to start getting money from everybody else and I think in Al's mind, he was like, all right, this kid's going to be okay with that because we're not taking money from him, so he'll back down. He won't cause any problems. I still get my money. I win, right? But the only problem was this guy was in a really bad mood, the subscriber, and didn't want him to extort anyone on the bus. And I'll be honest, he shouldn't extort anyone on the bus. Bad mood or not, like, he's not just going to let you continue to take money from everybody else on the bus. So 
obviously he decides to say something about it so he's like al no man you're not gonna charge anyone for protection on this bus do you understand you do not run the bus you're not allowed to be running around telling everybody that they have to pay you for protection or that they owe you money to make sure they're safe you're not in charge of the bus if you have a problem with what i'm saying then like i said Punch me in the face and get kicked off this bus, but you're not going to go around taking everybody's money. That's not how this is going to work, all right? And Al, at that point, is getting annoyed because, you know, he, he's like, now I'm not going to make my money from scaring little kids on the bus. So he says, you're getting in the way of my business. I don't know if business is how I would describe just like forcing people to give you money to stay safe before they go home, you know. But whatever, he's like, you're ruining my business, so we're going to settle this after school. Me and you are going to fight. Do you understand? And the subscriber is not really a fighter, but he's like, yeah, sure. Okay, we're going to fight. Like, because he's just pissed off at this point. And at that point, the entire bus is like, ooh, ah, because, you know, when you're in school, anytime you know there's going to be a fight afterwards, you kind of get hyped, you, you know, you start sizing it up like a UFC card. I don't know, man. I don't know. Al is emo, but at the same time, the dude who sent that story to Scrubs might be able to have some hands. You're just not too sure. Everybody just starts, like, breaking it down, watching their old fight footage, you know, comparing it. There's, like, Sports Center in the bathroom. Tonight, UFC undercard 87. Will the emos maintain their dominance or get beat up? And so whatever, all day at school, people are walking up to the subscriber and telling him, like, bro, you have to beat up Al. Like, please beat up Al. I know he's scary and he's got his little mafia, but that guy sucks. And you know you really suck if people are walking up to the dude you're about to fight and telling him to, like, please beat you up. I really want you to beat him up. That's how you know that people have to, like, really not like you and your little emo gang. But at the same time, what he finds out is that the little racket, him and his groons, his groons? What is that, dude? Like a crouton goon? Whatever. His groons were, like, going around extorting money from people all over the school, you know, forcing them to do their homework. I guess Al, in his own way, really was a little kingpin, you know? Him and his mafia had scared everybody into thinking that, like, if they didn't do what they asked, there was going to be consequences. And listen, what I really don't understand about this is, like, you know, if these guys are really running the school, if everybody's afraid of them doing their homework, you know, staying out of their way, being afraid to say anything offensive, you would think that Al and his boys better be like at least 6'5", 300 pound karate masters of pure muscle. But you know, the way that Al was described to me is not intimidating. So the only thing I'm not really understanding is why the entire school was so horrified of this kid because the description given to me was that he was 5'6 and looked a little bit like a stick bug. You know, and call me crazy, I have a stick bug build myself, I'm very skinny. No one should be afraid of me in a fight, bro. Like, uh, truthfully, I think a, a gust of wind could probably best me in combat. So I'm not really understanding why this dude and his squad were, like, so terrifying around the school. It's not like he was described to me as someone I would be very afraid of. And I'm not saying height is everything, all right? I'm just saying, like, if I have to look down to look you in the eyes and you're like, give me money, it's, it's, it's not, it's just hard for me to be intimidated. Anyways, everybody in the school is just telling the subscriber that they get bullied by Al Capone and the emo brothers, you know, and they want him to win this fight. And so all day he's kind of getting hyped up. He's starting to be like, I have to win this fight for the good of the school you know it's up to me to protect everybody which 
it, it, I'm not gonna lie, bro. You're not Superman. You're not really gonna change everything and protect everybody. But hey, whatever. If you're hyping yourself up in your head before you get in a fight and you gotta pretend that you're about to go save the planet, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that, dude. Obviously, when fights like get around the school like this, everybody was pretty hyped. So after school comes and the subscriber starts walking to his bus, which is where they agreed to meet to fight, and there's like a huge crowd around him. You know, they're like, oh, here we go. They're gonna fight. They're gonna fight. Let's go. Let's go. Finally, he's getting taken on. You know, everyone's hyped him up and it's just making him be more and more confident he's like okay i can win this fight i can win this fight if there's literally a crowd of people following you being like you got this you're gonna get confident there's no way that that doesn't make you feel more confident Anyways, they get there, and sure enough, Al and the emo brothers are there, you know, one of his emo brothers is holding his backpack, and Al's just kind of standing there trying to look all intimidating, and, uh, of course, it does intimidate the subscriber just a little bit, just because he had never been in a fight before, you know, everyone's telling him, oh, beat up Al, beat up Al, the only issue is he has no experience with combat in the slightest. Anyways, Al drops into his fighting stance, and you would think somebody that's running around threatening people would have, like, a good fighting stance ready to just, ba-ba, knock somebody out. But no, the stance he takes is one of those, like, old Irish men, put him up, see, put him up, see, yeah, so that's what I said, let's throw these dukes. He's just kind of looking goofy, but regardless, he drops into this stance, and he's like, all right, let's fight, man, let's fight. And as I mentioned earlier, the subscriber had never been in a fight before, and uh, if you've never been in a fight before, it's, it's definitely super weird the first time. I'm not like a fighter by any means, don't get it twisted. I've definitely got a losing record. That being said, the first time you get in a fight, you just really don't know what to expect or how it goes. The only thing you've ever seen at that point is like fighting on television. So whatever, he's kind of nervous, but he's like, all right, I guess I just try to hit him. You know, even though it's weird the first time, the concept is pretty simple. You punch them more than they punch you or harder and you win. But regardless, as he's kind of getting ready, he feels the slap on his face, and he realizes that Al had just, like, open hand slapped him, which is just disrespectful. You know, a lot of the crowd starts to laugh, because this is the reality. If you're in a fight with somebody and they slap you, it just means that they think that they're about to beat the crap out of you, dude. And so after that, you know, Al kind of is like, oh, I slapped him. This guy's not going to be able to fight. So he starts to get cocky, and he puts his hands out kind of in, like, a shrug motion, and he goes, oh, are you going to do something about that I just slapped you you're gonna let me slap you are you gonna do something about it and as he's talking all this crap he has his hands kind of to his side and the only thing that I'll say that like like I said I'm not a fighter by any means the one thing that I know for sure though you're supposed to make sure that you don't leave yourself open to getting punched in the face and when your hands are shrugging your face is wide open and you know the subscriber hadn't fought before before but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize oh if I punch him in the face right now he's not paying attention attention. So the subscriber balls up his fist and just boom, punches him right in the nose. Just right smack, doom, perfect shot. More luck than it was skill, obviously, but sure enough, as soon as he punches him in the nose, everybody's like, oh, and Al instantly regrets showing off. And he gets punched in the nose and drops to the ground. You know, Al's now on the ground, kind of rolling around in pain because getting punched in the nose doesn't feel good. And instead of being like, nice shot, we got to keep fighting fighting, you know, or, like, getting angry, he starts saying, oh, dude, I wasn't ready, like, what the heck, man, I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready, 
which to me is just insanely stupid. Like you're in a real fight right now. You guys don't like each other. You're you're in combat. Why would this dude be waiting until you were ready? I just feel like that makes no sense. There's no such thing as like, oh, you didn't hit me because I wasn't ready. Like maybe in a boxing with rules. But if you're in a street fight, I feel like the rules are there are no rules. Like it's just kind of combat. Obviously, you shouldn't kick someone in the groin or whatever. But no, if you're going to like put your arms up and start taunting somebody and they punch you in the face while you're taunting them, like it's not against the rules, man. They don't have to wait and go, is it okay if I try to punch you in the face now? Anyways, I guess the shame of getting hit in the face eventually comes to him because he gets back up and, like, comes to punch the subscriber in the face. And here's the thing. You know, obviously, to get in a fight, you've got to be mad. But when you're just trying to punch somebody out of pure anger, you're not being very smart about how you're punching or whatever. So, in reality, if he was calm, he would have beat the crap out of this subscriber. And they admit that. That's what they said. That's why I'm saying that. But he's just mad, so he's just kind of throwing insane punches that make no sense, leaving himself wide open. And so, you know, the subscriber, realizing that he keeps leaving his face wide open when he starts trying to knock him out with punches that are being swung like a a hammer at the fair. You know those games where you gotta, like, ring the bell with your strength? That's how hard he's trying to punch him, but it's just going wide. It's not very accurate. And so he waits for another swing and his face is wide open and he just, boom, punches him in the face again. This time right under the chin. And instead of just like dropping to the ground and saying he wasn't ready, this time he starts crying and backs up. And at that point, the crowd is just standing there stunned. Here's this untouchable emo kid who, like, literally runs this gang extorting everybody. And he's talking about how tough he is and you don't want to cross him because he'll beat you up. And then some dude that's never been in a fight before punches him in the face twice and he's crying. Obviously, that's going to leave a lot of you stunned thinking, wait, why was I getting bossed around by this dude? You're telling me the entire time I could have just punched him in the face and it would have been over? And so the silence eventually takes, like, changes places with a bunch of people screaming, ow, you've been bullying me this entire time and you're crying, you know, like people kind of being like, this guy sucks, you know, that type of stuff, which it doesn't make Al feel too good, I'm sure. I mean, they wouldn't be saying these things if you hadn't have been rolling around threatening them and forcing them to do your homework, you know, they, they might have been a little bit more on your side when you're getting beat up. But uh, as he's sitting there listening to this, he's probably watching the respect and power that he had over the school with his little emo crew just dissolve in front of his eyes. It's almost like uh, an Infinity War when the snap happens and everybody starts to just drift into dust, but he, instead of like an actual person, he's just watching his respect and dignity just poof, go into the wind as it slowly flies away because he just got beat up in front of everyone. And at that point, anger overcomes him even harder than it was when he was, like, just trying to punch him. And he starts running back towards the sub, screaming, just saying, I'm gonna kill you, you know? And so the subscriber kind of gets ready to, like, get hit because he's pissed running at him. But in his infinite wisdom, as he's sprinting towards him, right, he trips and eats crap in front of everybody. And he doesn't smack his face hard or anything. He gets his hands out in time. But, you know, when you've been punched in the face, you're crying, and then you charge somebody and fall. It it doesn't look good. So the entire crowd, when he falls, literally starts laughing at him. Which I know is mean, but I mean, like, how could you not in that situation, dude? Somebody's like, I'm gonna kill you, charges someone that just beat them up, and then they fall? It's like, man, dude, you didn't even need to fight this guy. You're literally defeating yourself. And it's not like this guy has been nice to everybody. He's literally been threatening them, extorting them, forcing them to do things. Of course they're gonna think it's hilarious that he just got beat up. 
I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Some kid has been walking up to you like, listen, I have this group of guys that will beat you up if you don't do what I say, and I'll beat you up. And sure enough, he has this group of guys behind him. You know, you've never seen him fight, but you're not going to take those chances. I mean, I probably would. Like, I'm, I'm not a tough guy. I just got a problem with authority. It's not a good thing. But you guys know what I mean. Like, chances are you'd be pretty upset at that person and watching them get beat up and self-owning themselves by tripping and falling. Like, that's a good thing. So, whatever. Obviously, he's embarrassed because he literally just got beat up in front of everybody, tripped and fell, and on top of that, everybody's now realizing that this dude can't do anything. Like, even if he wants you to do his homework, if you don't do it, what is he gonna do? Get punched in the face twice and cry? So, everybody's just kind of laughing and talking crap, but a crowd that large, screaming fight, you know, and laughing is obviously gonna attract attention. So, a teacher ends up coming up up pretty quickly after that and just kind of breaks them up says they have to go to the dean's office they're walking with the teacher to the office and they're getting the whole you know oh fighting's bad you shouldn't fight you know be friends with everyone because uh, kindness just whatever teachers tell you about like you'll never disagree with anyone in the real world whatever that's crap you're not gonna like people yes you shouldn't run around punching people in the face but the idea that you're gonna kumbaya with everybody all the time let's be realistic it's just not gonna happen anyways they get into the principal's office and they both get suspended for five days which is just what happens when you fight and you know all things considered usually I defend the person who like got in the fight if somebody says we're gonna fight at the bus when you walk up and then you walk up and drop into a fighting stance and so do they uh, you both agreed to fight in that situation you know it's not like this guy got attacked out of nowhere he was down to fight they both swung and uh, he won Anyways, for those five days at home, he doesn't get electronics. His parents were pretty upset, which is reasonable, but that means that he doesn't really know what anyone's saying. He doesn't really know what anyone's talking about. All he knows is that he won the fight and he got suspended. But he ends up coming back onto the bus, and he's insanely hyped about the results of the little situation, you know. Most of the bus is like, forget Al, I'm not afraid of him anymore. He isn't in charge. Nobody was, like, taking him seriously. Even his own little gang that he used to be in charge of had lost a bunch of respect for him and like wouldn't really take orders from him anymore so he didn't really have the ability to be running around making people do his homework or like getting people to do anything he had lost his kingpin powers which uh has to definitely not feel too great bro you go from like uh, running around threatening teachers and having them listen to you and then all of a sudden everybody's like dude you kind of suck and uh it definitely did bug him like he would always give really dirty looks to the subscriber but you know when you don't have a gang of people backing you up and everybody knows that you can't fight there's not too much you can do about it so he just kind of tried to like avoid everybody on the bus but you know after that riding home every day was a lot more enjoyable without somebody running around pretending they're Al Capone running the place but uh on top of it there was a benefit for the subscriber you know obviously when you take down the person that's been bullying everybody people tend to think you're pretty cool for it so uh you know he kind of got a reputation as a cool dude for taking down Mr. Capone moral of the story um you're not a mobster if you are bullying people younger than you on a school bus, okay? You're just kind of a bully with a group. And listen, man, I understand that you want to be Tony Soprano. You want to be in charge of the mob. The mob does, like, you know, they make people sleep with fishes. You making people give you $5 on the school bus is just not the same thing, all right? All right, so like I said, this is 
a story time from a bit ago. I would say uh, two, three years now. I'm not sure on the specifics, but I was in California on vacation with my family. You know, nothing too crazy, not like a, the, the trip of a lifetime because California is really close to Nevada. But it was a good time. We were just kind of hanging out on the beach and stuff, vibing, nothing too wild. And uh, overall, it was a pretty relaxing time. I was hanging out with my cousin and my brother a lot and uh, enjoying the ocean. And obviously, whenever you go down to the beach, there's just some stuff you take with you. We had like this big beach blanket thing that we would put out. And then my cousin didn't really like to swim, but he had this speaker on him. And so he would just kind of like play music. And all of us are terrified of being annoying. So, you know, we weren't blasting music. It was a tiny little speaker. We were probably playing music loud enough for, you know, us. And maybe if you were right next to us, you could hear it. But overall, on a pretty busy beach with like a bunch of other people there, other people playing music, you know, talking, all that. It's not like our speaker was being overwhelmingly annoying, and on top of that, we were aware of the fact that, like, people blasting music is annoying, so we were making sure we weren't being like that, you know? The one guy who's, like, in the elevator with his speaker playing on his backpack, you're like, dude, come on. But I feel like on the beach, it's normal to play music. Anyways, like I said, my cousin doesn't really like to swim in the ocean that much, so my brother and I at one point decided to just go swim a bit, try to bodyboard, you know, just hang out, do whatever, and we're out there swimming for a bit, and my brother brother ends up pointing and he goes, hey, do you think something's going on over there? And I look and I see some like middle-aged man angrily pointing and waving his arms at my cousin and my cousin kind of having his arms up like he's trying to defuse the situation. So me and my brother are like, "Uh oh, let's go see what's going on. So we get out of the water to go see what's popping. And when we get over there, it's this middle-aged dad just screaming at my cousin, you know, we don't like your music and you need to turn it off. We want to sit behind you and me and my family deserve to sit behind you would not have to listen to that crap and uh we were just kind of like whoa this is a very angry situation you know i just pulled up from the ocean this dude's yelling at my cousin about playing crap out loud and uh whatever i listen for a bit and i say something along the lines of like listen man you know you don't gotta like the music that's totally fair but we're not playing it that loud so if you want to come sit right behind us you're just gonna have to get used to it because i'm not gonna turn it off it's not bugging anybody and the only reason you'd be able to hear it is if you sat right behind us you know you can just go sit somewhere else. Which, sure, is it the nicest thing on the planet? No, but I feel like that's kind of fair, dude. There's a whole beach. But he hits me with the, that's so rude and inconsiderate of other people on the beach. And listen, I'm not trying to be rude or inconsiderate. It's just a situation of, like, if you really hate the music someone's playing, there's an entire beach, bro. Like, you don't have to sit right behind me. We're not playing it loud enough where if you sat 10 feet away, you couldn't hear it, man. You would literally have to sit right here to hear it. So if you want to sit, like, so close to me that you can sniff my fart then you're just gonna have to deal with listening to the music you know there's no rules against sitting somewhere else on the beach it's not like beach patrol is gonna walk up to you and be like hey is this your assigned spot you and your family have to go sit next to those kids playing music you don't like very quietly no you can do whatever you want if you choose to sit right behind us like that was your choice to sit there and listen you know I probably came in a little hot but that being said when I walk up he's just screaming at my cousin and my cousin is not like an in your face dude he's not you know sh- he's just shy like he's not a, a pushover 
over or anything. He's just not the type of guy to get you yelling. Like, this guy screaming at my cousin let me know that he was taking it too hot. I was just, you know, getting defensive. So whatever. I probably would have been cooler about it, but this dude had come in like Miley Cyrus on a wrecking ball screaming at my cousin. So, you know, like I said, I was like, you don't gotta sit here, bro. You can sit anywhere on this beach. If you're gonna sit here, you're just gonna have to deal with the fact that our music is playing quietly. You don't gotta like it. That's the beauty of America, man. And at that point, he starts trying to argue with me about how, like, apparently, I, I'm not kidding, this this argument doesn't make sense, but this is what he said. He said, if I really think I'm in America, which last time I checked, California is, in fact, part of America, bro, then I should turn off the music because everybody knows that Americans are against playing music in public spaces. Which, listen, man, you know, maybe this dude took a different history class than I did. I'm not saying Americans are pro playing music in public. I just don't think that I've ever heard anyone say that America has anything to do with any type of music volume level before. You know, not once growing up did my dad go, son, there's certain things that you do in the name of patriotism in this country, and muting your music is one of them. Our country was founded on the principles that a man could go to the beach and demand another man turn off his music, son. That is the beauty of this land. Like, no one ever told me that, bro, but, you know, regardless, I'm kind of arguing back and forth with him. If you really think this is America, he says it again, I'm like, dude, we're in California. Like, where do you think we are? Like, California, Canada? Is that where the mix-up is? I just don't get it. Regardless, he's kind of going on with me about how I should turn it off, and finally, I was just kind of had enough, and I was like, listen, man, we could be in Lithuania, really. I I don't care what country we're in. You would still sound stupid because what you're saying makes no sense. If you choose to sit right next to the speaker that's going to be playing, I don't know what you want me to do about it, bro, but I'm not turning it off. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to turn it off. This is dumb. And of course, he's like, are you calling me stupid? You kids think you're so smart. You and your friends need to move because I'm not going to deal with this and I'm not going to sit here and listen to your music. So either move or I'm going to make you move. And at that point, bro, it's like, look, okay, did I need to say you was stupid? No. But you're not gonna make me move, bro. Like, come on. But he goes to grab the blanket that we had. And on that point, you know, I'm just kind of like, yeah, we're not going anywhere. So I put my foot on the blanket so he can't pull it all the way. And I said, look, dude, you can go get whoever you want. You can go wherever you want. I'm not moving. It's not something that I plan on doing. So if you want to sit here all day and look at my pretty face and have this discussion, then we can do that. But I'm not going to move. You're not moving the stuff. Which I'm not necessarily saying was the best decision, okay? I don't want anyone to walk away from this and be like, I should always be really stubborn with dumb people. No, chances are a dumb person can be more stubborn than you, all right? It's not a good part of my personality that, like, I'm way too stubborn and can't just walk away from stuff when there's no winning. There really is no situation where you win when you're, like, arguing with some dude over moving your stuff. You know, like, there's just, like, sure, you win, but, like, you're still arguing with this dumb dude, so do you really win? But whatever, you know, in my own mind at this point, I'm prepared to, like, hunger strike to stay in this spot, dude. You're not moving the blanket. And of course, when he realizes that I'm not just going to let him move the blanket, he decides to threaten us more instead, and he's like, I'll go get my airsoft gun, and then we'll see if you're okay with me moving the blanket. Which is probably, like, the least threatening thing you could have ever possibly said in the situation, bro. Like, truthfully, man. Oh, dude, watch out! I'll go get an airsoft gun to handle this beach blanket situation. Oh, man, wow, we an airsoft gun? Gee, mister, you know, if I was 11 years old, I might be a little bit afraid, but... 
but you know, airsoft weapons haven't been dramatically intimidating since then. And on top of that, dude, is that really what you want to do? Like, you really want to do that? I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not an expert in the law. I'm not a lawyer. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a criminal defense attorney. But I feel like saying, move your stuff or I'm going to shoot you with an airsoft gun and then shooting someone with an airsoft gun is against the law. I don't know if that's written in the book somewhere, but I'm pretty sure that makes sense. You know, I think you would be the one to get in trouble in that situation. Could you imagine? Like, the, the cops come. Mm, officer, you don't understand, okay? I uh, shot the strangers with the airsoft gun because their music was too loud, all right? Come on, come on, you guys know how it is. If someone was playing music, you wouldn't take out an airsoft weapon and uh, fire it at them? And they're like, no, you can't do that, man. Whatever, though, we're kind of like, all right, man, okay, okay, oh, all right. And obviously, you know, we're just arguing back and forth. So I tell him yeah, something along the lines of like, oh, you think you're so tough for threatening to get an airsoft gun? I'm shivering my timbers. And my cousin, you know, at that point is getting increasingly irritated. And I'm a lot quicker to run my mouth. It's not a good thing. I'm also not necessarily the most equipped person to back up what I run my mouth all the time. My cousin has a very long fuse. It's really hard to piss him off. He will do everything he can to not get mad. But he's, he's a little, you know... He, he was, like, in wrestling, like, the state champion, bro. Like, he, martial arts has been something he's been into. He's a lot scarier. So, whatever. My cousin at that point has had enough, because now that this dude's threatening to, like, go grab an airsoft gun, you know, he's just like, all right. And he says, if you go get an airsoft gun and bring it back out here and shoot me with it, I'm going to beat you with a lawn chair. And trying to be funny, I go, oh, yeah, I've seen him do it before. And, uh, obviously, the dude's kind of, like, just not gonna let us win this one. At that point, you know, both of us should have walked away. I'm not denying that, dude. But my cousin's just like, this dude's really gonna go grab his airsoft gun and come fight us over a blanket on the beach because he doesn't like the fact that we told him he doesn't have to sit right behind us. So, whatever. This dude is kind of sitting there thinking about his next move, and he decides that instead of just walking away or whatever, uh, you know, getting out of the situation that he's going to try to fight all of us and obviously none of us really want to fight dude like it was not on the agenda for the day to go to the beach and be in this situation but at the same time man like you're not just gonna come grab my stuff and move it wherever you want while screaming at me and threatening to attack me dude and so he says something to my cousin along the lines of like you think i'm afraid of a lawn chair i'll take all three of you i don't even care and he goes to lunge at my cousin and you know is he's got his fist ball it looks like he's going to hit him and i will say man out of all three people that were standing right there right me my brother and my cousin he grabbed the absolute worst person to try to fight you know like, listen, me and my brother, I, I'm not saying we wouldn't have fought back, but we're not Mike Tyson, we're not Floyd Mayweather, I'm not taking 40 punches and being perfectly fine. I don't even think I would probably do that well after taking four punches, to be honest with you. I obviously would have fought back, but literally, out of the three people right there, he picked the only one who actually knows how to fight. So, you know, he swings, my cousin dodges it, and at that point, he's pissed off, it's good to go, and he continues to kind of lunge after my cousin. And my cousin isn't trying to fight him, he keeps saying, hey man, stop, and he's just kind of backing up the entire time. But he keeps lunging after him again and again, and my cousin keeps trying to back up. He has his hands kind of up. He's like, look, dude, I don't want to fight you. Stop, stop, stop. And finally, he lunges, and my cousin turns to get away, but he grabs his tank top, right? And he, he's got the tank top in his hand, and my cousin's trying to get out of it. And you just kind of, like, 
I don't know if you've ever seen somebody where they're just kind of like, all right, man, I've been trying to avoid doing this, but now I got to do what I got to do. And my cousin just kind of slips his arms out of the tank top and slides down. So now the dude's just holding an empty shirt, right? And he turns and he just spears the dude and drives him into the ground. And uh, I don't know too much about fighting, like all the styles stuff. I don't really know too much. All I know is my cousin's, like I said, he's a really good wrestler, dude. So uh, as soon as he gets this dude on the ground, he just starts pinning him and holding him twisting his arm this way like not a bad just controlling where he is and he gets to the point where he's kind of got this dude like held in a position where he can't move very well you know like his arms are kind of stuck the way i would describe it dude this guy was bigger than my cousin but like my cousin was on his back and had his hands like behind his neck and had his arms through his arms like in a loop i don't even know how to explain it regardless though my cousin has this guy in a position where like he really can't move very well and uh you know the guy is still just trying as hard as he can to move but it just looks hilarious because you know he's a little bit bigger than my cousin not by much but there's just this like kid on the ground holding this dude who's red in the face with anger trying to just struggle out of him and he can't honestly the thing i would compare it the most to dude is like imagine a baby in one of those things where they're sitting on their mom's chest right like you know the little baby carriers where they're on the chest and imagine that baby is pissed off and it's trying to get out of that thing and it's just like that's basically what this dude looked like trying to get out of this hold right and so me and my brother start laughing because it's just hilarious and at that point we know that like my cousin's got it under control And I was seriously impressed the entire time because, you know, you'd think at this point my cousin would be like spitting in his face, bro, poking his eye. No, the entire time he didn't even throw a punch. He was just kind of holding him back because if he let him up, this dude was clearly not going to just walk away and like let things slide. But, you know, he's holding him for probably 20 seconds. Time's going by really fast. But, you know, it it feels a lot longer than it is. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's probably 20 seconds. It feels like three minutes in your mind. But whatever, we hear screaming and we see this lady running over to us. And at that point, we assume that we're going to have to explain that, like, this isn't what it looks like. He attacked us first. We didn't want anything to do with this. You know, we were just trying to play music. Because obviously, three dudes just kind of standing there, like, just looking at this one dude. It just, it doesn't look good, right? But as she gets closer, we realize that she's screaming at her husband, which which uh, we pretty quickly put two and two together and realize is the guy currently being manhandled on the ground, red with rage, just being like, and so she runs over and I'm expecting her to start screaming at us, you know, get mad at us. But no, instead, she's just mad at him. And so we're just listening to her scream at him. What is wrong with you? I told you not to come out here and do this. You look ridiculous. I said their music's not bothering anybody. There's no reason to go out here and do this. The kids and I don't even want to be at the beach much longer anyways. I said not to come over here. I turn around for two seconds and you're over here trying to fight them. Do you have any idea how embarrassing this is? And we're kind of in shock, dude, because we don't know what to do, right? Like, very rarely are you ever in a situation where, you know, you're like, get into an altercation and their family runs overall yeah i'm sorry that this dude's an idiot it's just not not something you expect and after she's done yelling at him she turns to us and just starts to apologize she's like i don't know what gets into him sometimes he just gets so angry and like just 
just goes crazy trying to fight strangers. All right, guys, I've got to interrupt the podcast for just a quick second. I actually am going ahead and posting these story times uh, a day after they come out on the channel on this podcast on Spotify. I'm going to put the link in the top of the description, so feel free to check it out. Uh, The long story times don't post on the other one very well, so I'm making it podcast format, so that way all the long videos can get posted a bit easier and a lot more frequently. So if you want to listen offline at work, whatever, like I said, link to the Spotify podcast show thing is going to be in the top of the description check it out and you know we're like uh yeah that sounds crappy i don't i don't know i'm not a marriage counselor bro like i don't really know what to say in that situation other than like that sucks and she's like please don't you know you don't have to do anything like if you could just let this go i'd appreciate it and obviously we're not trying to not let it go like we don't want to deal with this anymore dude no one got hurt like it's just this dude's just got some anger issues i guess But whatever, the most surprising thing to me, the thing that caught me the most off guard, was like the way that she was acting and apologizing, you know, it almost felt like it wasn't the first time she had had to come get him out of a situation where like he's on the floor in a wrestling hold trying to fight everyone. Because she was like, oh man, last time he did this. And I'm like, last time? Like how often is this dude running into a convenience store trying to punch the clerk where you're like, ugh, listen, the last couple times he's tried to fight somebody, it's gotten out of control, you know? Is this just a common problem she has like she starts looking around the house you know her husband's gone she's like oh crap he's probably out there trying to do batman role play again you're not a superhero dan how many times do i have to tell you the mafia will beat you up like you know every time he's not where she expects him to be running through her mind is the possibilities that he's out somewhere like trying to fight seven people anyways at that point my cousin's like all right dude i'm gonna let you up you know your wife's here she's saying it's all chill so i'm gonna let you up and it's good right like we're good there's no beef it's done and he's like yeah fine whatever we let him up and he literally like runs back to where she had came from i don't know if it's the beach house or if they was like uh, staying on an apartment a week back i don't know i don't know whatever wherever they were staying that's where he ran off to i didn't see i wasn't trying to figure out where he lived that wasn't my priority you know and after he leaves she continues to apologize to us and she's like i watched the entire thing from where we're staying you know and uh, i just wanted to ask like did he hurt you when he grabbed you it looked like he ripped your shirt and my cousin's like oh no he didn't ripped my shirt he had it so I just kind of slipped out of it and she's like yeah I watched the entire thing I'm so sorry seriously like this is so embarrassing I'm just glad you're okay you know and then she started thanking my cousin she's like I appreciate you not hitting him and just restraining him instead and my cousin is like yeah I didn't I didn't know what he was doing bro like he just came up screaming at me about how our music was too loud and you guys wanted to sit behind us and she's like we didn't even it was not like that I just didn't want to sit next to anyone playing music and so I said let's move over there and he's like no I'm gonna go tell him to turn it off and I told him not to and all in all talking to her she was a really really nice lady which you know was really confusing to all of us I know they say opposites subtract, but it's not every day you see some dude just running around like I'm gonna fight everyone combat's lit and then you know next to him is just his wife being like oh cookies and milk anyone just the sweetest lady ever so uh whatever opposites attract might be true I guess and uh you know eventually she's like all right well I'm gonna go back and we're like all right well we're good no hard feelings we're gonna go talk to our family so we go our separate ways and uh you know as we're walking back i decide to ask my cousin i'm like dude what song were you playing like it had to have been an insanely vulgar song for him to come up and like try to fight us over the fact that it was playing right so just be honest with me dude i won't be mad like what is it you know not that any song ever justifies this reaction like there is no song that you can say that justifies trying to fight a bunch of people right but you would think if you're gonna be that mad over a song that it's just like no 
Norwegian death metal where someone's just screaming every expletive under the sun as like loud as humanly possible to just get that irritated or something. But my cousin says, dude, I was literally playing Sublime, which, you know, is the most tame like beach music ever in my mind. I don't know. If you're listening to Sublime like, oh, this is just too nuts. I can't have anyone listening to this. Then like, bro, I don't know what to tell you. You got to go back to like 1874. You're going to have yourself a rough time out here. I feel like Sublime is literally the type of music that I expect to be hearing on the beach. You know, maybe that's stereotyping surfer people too much, but every time I'm on the beach, it's what I'm trying to listen to, man. It just it, it fits the situation. I'm just saying, like, overall, that's like going to the beach. I mean, not as iconic, but like, oh, the Beach Boys are playing? Who's playing that? Why are they playing that? Like, dude, that's just, chances are, if you're on the beach for a couple hours, someone will be playing Sublime and you will hear it. You know, I don't know what else you expect to hear out there. Anyways, my cousin, brother, and I thought this was hilarious, and for the rest of the trip, Sublime basically became, like, the low-key soundtrack of everything. We were like, oh, dude, yeah, we gotta play it everywhere we go. Maybe if he hears it, uh, and he's, like, walking by, he'll come in and try to figure out where it's coming from. You know, we made up the curse of basically Bigfoot, but it's just the angry dad that runs around trying to fight you if you play Sublime too loud. Anyways, thankfully, we didn't end up running to the angry Sublime Bigfoot for the rest of the trip, you know, but that actually would have been glorious. Now that I'm, like, 20 minutes into this. Oh, if we would have ran back into him, bro, this could have been a 40 minute story time. Truly tragic. Truly tragic. Ah, oh, you're really hurting my watch time out here, man. Anyways, moral of the story, I guess, don't fight strangers over stuff that has literally nothing to do with you, dude. Like, I could never imagine seeing three old ladies knitting on a bench and being like, I don't know how to knit, and I don't like it, so I'm gonna go over there and curb stomp grandma and teach her a lesson about doing that on, on my beach. Like, I don't know, bro. I don't really know what we were doing that affected anybody. There's really no reason to come out and start screaming when the volume's on, like, literally three I obviously was not out here blasting music loud enough to be bothering anybody else. Like, if we were really that annoying, I feel like more people would have said something through the day. We made it the entire day on that volume, and then, like, at the very end, some dude gets all angry. Overall, though, California's a cool place, you know, good beaches, just some crazy people, which is gonna happen anytime you cram so many people into one place, dude. Like, I, I know the population of California is basically, like, what, the 25% of the country, something like that? So anytime that many people are in one location, you're bound to have a few uh, nuts in the barrel. All right, so this story takes place because of the person who sent this in to me's spoiled cousin and his mother, you know. Basically, what ended up happening is the person who sent this to me got their driver's license got a car and immediately their aunt volunteered them to uh drive his cousin to school obviously you know it's not very nice to just like volunteer somebody for a job that they haven't agreed to especially when you're not even that person's parent but you know the person who sent this to me's mom was in a super weird position where like she was like well maybe you could please help out your cousin so he was stuck in this situation where he had to take his cousin to school you know his aunt had demanded that he drive, pick up his cousin from his aunt's house every morning, and then drive him to school. And when he had kind of been like, I don't want to do that, you know, they had given him the whole family helps family, you need to do it. And he's like, listen, if you guys would have nicely asked, I would have said yes. I'm more irritated at the fact that I just got like volunteered for this and I didn't want to. And the reason it was so annoying also was the fact that like his aunt and his cousin lived further than the school was from his house. Every morning, he literally had to drive past the school, go to his aunt's house, pick up his cousin, and then drive back to school. And the entire time, his cousin was just whining about how his car sucked, and it was cold, just whining the entire time. 
and his aunt just had refused to help pay for gas, which when somebody has to drive like double the distance to pick up your kid is probably a nice thing to do. And the entire situation was just extremely annoying because him and his cousin would just kind of fight on the way to school every day and you know, he wasn't getting paid for the gas, he had to wake up earlier to get to his cousin's house and then get to school. All of these things together just ended up pushing him over the edge. And what was really annoying about it, too, is the fact that, like, his cousin was old enough to drive. He just, like, didn't feel like it. So it wasn't a situation where he's picking up his younger cousin who, you know, just couldn't go to school. His cousin had the option to A, go get his license, or B, ride the bus. He just didn't want to do either. But, you know, obviously his patience was starting to run thin. And all of it culminated on, you know, this particular event that this story time is about where he gets to his aunt's house and obviously... Obviously, he had woken up early, gotten over here, and when he gets there, he's extremely annoyed because his cousin wasn't ready. And that's just sucky, bro. Like, if somebody's gonna come out of their way, drive double the distance to get you to school, the least you could do is be ready on time and not make them sit in the driveway. But on top of that, his cousin wasn't, like, trying to rush or anything. In fact, he proceeded to take his time and was so late getting in the car that school had already started. And when he gets in the car, he wasn't, like, apologizing or, you know, I'm so sorry I slept in. No, he starts to get mad at his cousin for rushing him. And the person who sent this to me, the subscriber, literally can't believe that they're getting blamed for this dude being so late school started. And obviously, they start to argue about it because, you know, how could you not start to argue with somebody being like, I'm 30 minutes late and it's your fault for rushing me. And the entire point that the subscriber's trying to make during this argument is like, look, I'm going out of my way to give you a free ride to school so you don't have to ride the bus or drive. Just be on time. That's the least you could do. And apparently him trying to say that was just so offensive to the cousin that at the next stoplight after he said that, his cousin just gets out of the car and starts running down a side street. Keep in mind, you know, they're on their way to school, they're already late, they're the same age, and all he said was, hey, please don't waste my time, just be ready when I come to get you so we don't be late for school. And his response is to just run out of the car. Obviously, at that point, he's watching his cousin run down the side street, and he has two options in his head. He can either chase down his cousin and be even later to school, you know, probably get in trouble, explain it to his parents, try to convince his cousin to get back in the car, which isn't a guarantee, or just keep driving to school and let his cousin deal with it. And at that point, they were under a mile from the school, so he just figures his cousin will be able to walk there in like 10 minutes, and it's not his problem. So he just goes to school. Which, listen, I understand some people might think is the wrong call, but, like, imagine somebody just sucking that much, and then they get out of the car. You're like, all right, bro, that's your problem. You figure out how to get to school. And he does get to school, the uh, the subscriber. I, he didn't know about his cousin. And when he's at school, his phone starts to blow up with calls from his aunt. And obviously, he's like, uh-oh, I'm guessing my cousin, you know, told her some story about how he ran out of the car. And so he asked the teacher to go into the hallway. The teacher says yes, and he steps out there and answers the phone call. And as soon as he presses answer, like before he can even say hello, the screaming starts. And it's just, you abandoned my baby. What's wrong with you? You left my baby in the middle of town. Do you realize how dangerous that is? And obviously he's like, dude, your baby, you know, air quotes, is literally the same age as me. He can drive a car. It's not like he's a helpless child. And he got out of the car less than a mile from school. So he starts trying to explain it to his aunt, you know, and his aunt's having none of it. And she starts trying 
trying to accuse this dude of, like, purposely trying to have gotten his cousin kidnapped. Do you have any idea what stranger could have taken your cousin? And, you know, he's like, look, okay, let's not be dramatic here. I dropped him off two streets away from school, and on top of that, like, we're not little kids. And even beyond that, if somebody did kidnap my cousin, they'd probably bring him back because nobody wants to deal with that. And, you know, he, like, once again says to his aunt, I don't understand what the big deal is. If he couldn't walk less than a mile to school, I, like, I, I just don't understand how he didn't get to school. How was he lost? And his aunt starts to says that, like, he had gotten lost walking to school and started to walk the other direction back towards home. And listen, I could understand getting lost maybe, but if you start walking the wrong direction in this scenario, like, you just have to be dumb. Because let me get this straight, bro. You were in the car driving towards school. You got out of the car, and instead of walking the direction you were driving towards school, you started walking the opposite direction of your destination. Like, I just don't understand how that happens unless this guy's purposely trying to make it look like he got lost to get his cousin in trouble. Anyways, the subscriber and his aunt are going back and forth, and she's like, I'm gonna make you pay for this, you know, just you wait until I get to talk to your parents. You're gonna regret making my baby get lost, da-da-da-da-da. You're so ungrateful that I'm your aunt. You never have to drive my son again. Which I think in her mind was like a super deep own, you know, like, oh, you don't have to drive extra distance every morning and come pick up my bratty kid who just complains the entire time and like literally runs out of the car for no reason. And obviously at that point, the subscriber's like, all right, I mean, that's fine. Like, okay, actually, that's legit. That's perfectly okay with me. I hated driving him anyways. Sweet. And if you could reimburse me for all the gas money, I'd appreciate it. And then he just hung up. At that point, he's done. He has to go back to school. You know, it's just not his problem anymore. And obviously, like, you know, he assumed he was going to have to hear about it later, so he just didn't want to worry about it right now, because obviously it's his aunt. Like, she's going to call his mom, she's going to call his dad, something's going to happen. So he just goes about the rest of his school day pretty chill, trying to act normal, and after school he goes into the parking lot to get into his car. And when he goes out to his car, he's really surprised, because his aunt and his cousin are standing there. And he's like, hi. And his aunt instantly starts to just act really suspicious, and she's like, oh, hi, I'm not mad about earlier will you just uh will you drive your cousin home just one last time you know for old time's sake he just you know your friendship means so much to him and the subscribers like i don't know why you can't do it you're literally here you know you told me i wouldn't do it anymore because i'm like the worst and so ungrateful and i don't really want to and his aunt's just super insistent, like, no, you need to, you need to, your mom said that you have to take uh, your cousin to my house, so you just have to do it, you know, and she starts to yell a little bit, and everybody in the parking lot, because school just got out, is starting to look and pay attention, and he just doesn't want to have the embarrassment of his aunt freaking out in the school on his reputation forever, you know, he doesn't want to start to be known as the guy with the crazy aunt, so he's like, oh my god, like, obviously I don't want to take my cousin home, but but at the same time, if I don't, she's going to freak. So whatever, I'll just take him home. It'll be really quick. I'll drop him off. It'll be fine. So he agrees to take his cousin home for his aunt, and they go to get in the car. And for some reason, he feels like something's off in his car, but he just can't put his finger on it. He's looking around, and he's like, I don't know. Something just felt weird. And as soon as they get in the car, his cousin 
starts to get really weird as well and starts asking him questions like very loudly, very clearly, not in a way that he normally would ask questions like he's trying to set him up, you know? For example, do you think that my mom is an evil person that you strongly dislike? You know, just saying it that way, super bizarre. Like, nobody talks like that. You'd be like, hey, do you think my mom sucks? You know, you wouldn't be like, do you strongly dislike the amoeba? Anyways, obviously the subscriber can tell that something's weird's going on, so he just says no. He keeps asking questions, and he's just kind of ignoring him, but he's trying to pick up on, like, what his cousin's, you know, body movements are, what, what might be happening, and he starts to realize that every time he asks a super weird question, he keeps glancing at the glove box, and so, you know, he's like, alright, I might seem crazy, but I feel like there's something in the glove box, so he goes at the next red light, obviously he wouldn't do this while he's driving, to go look in the glove box, and the second he goes to open it, his cousin starts to freak out, dude, hitting his hand away, trying to keep it closed, and he's like, don't look in there, don't look in there, you don't need to look in the glove box, stop, 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 don't look there, which, you know, may I just say, if you're trying to not look suspicious and hide something from somebody, might be the absolute worst way to go about it, like, freaking out, smacking their hand away, don't look there, now, basically, like, you have to look, you have no option, and the subscriber, obviously, is certain that he needs to check the glove box now, so he kind of fights with his cousin at this red light, and his cousin gives up, and he gets the glove box open, and his cousin's like, I'm sorry, you know, I had nothing to do with this, and he's obviously a little bit confused, and that's when he looks in the glove box and realizes what is actually sitting right there. His aunt, in her her infinite psycho behavior, had apparently decided to, like, put a recording device there, but not just any recording device from, like, this century, no. Inside of the glove box is a tape recorder recording. Somehow, his aunt and his cousin had, like, broken into his car while he was in school, put a tape recorder in the glove box, and then concocted this entire plan that he had to drive his cousin home so his cousin could bait him into talking crap about his aunt, and so somehow they would have footage of him talking crap about his aunt? Which, to me, doesn't really make sense. Like, even if he doesn't like his aunt, who cares? Are you gonna blackmail him for saying that he doesn't like his aunt? Like, is that illegal, dude? I didn't realize that, like, that that's such a juicy tidbit of information. If somebody was like, man, I hate my uncle because, you know, he sucks and just screams at my mom, I wouldn't be like, wow, I'm gonna blackmail you with that. I'd be like, yeah, your uncle sounds like he sucks. But whatever, you know, the subscriber starts to freak out, and he's like, your mom bugged the car? Are you kidding me? Like, she actually bugged the car? and the cousin's like, I I didn't, it wasn't my idea, I'm sorry, and he's kind of just stuttering, not knowing what to say back, because he's just in shock that they got caught. And obviously, here at the Scrubs channel, you know, we are anti-littering, we we don't like litter, but that being said, the subscriber grabs this tape recorder and just throws it out of his open window, you know, and I can't necessarily say that I blame him. Listen, like I said, we all agree that littering is not good. Littering is bad, you shouldn't be tossing trash out your window in your car. But I also am not really sure what your reaction would be to finding, like, a tape recorder in your car that your family had put there and then had your cousin start trying to set you up so they could have, like, recordings of you talking trash after you had spent all your time driving him for free and waking up early every single morning and arguing with him the entire time and all this transpired because he's 
he's the same age as you and he freaked out and ran out of your car at a red light, mm, I don't know, man. You might throw a tape recorder out of your window too. You know, I'm not trying to judge. No, Obviously, I'm not pro-littering, but maybe in this situation, I would. At that point, he starts to hear honking behind him though and he looks in the rear view mirror and he realizes it's his aunt's car and his aunt is behind him signaling at him to pull over. Even to the point where she was flashing her phone flashlight in the windshield over and over trying to make like a little makeshift siren or something. And at that point, he's ready to argue with his aunt, you know, him and his cousin don't get along, but obviously he didn't think it was his idea to put a tape recorder in the glove box because that's something that only somebody born like last century would have thought of. Anyways, he pulls over into this empty parking lot, so does his aunt, and his aunt gets out of the car mad at him somehow. You know, you think maybe you'd be a little bit apologetic after somebody finds your tape recorder in their glove box, but instead his aunt is like, wow, how dare you? You have any idea how expensive a tape recorder is to operate in the year 2021, 2022? I don't know exactly when this all went down. She literally starts screaming that, like, you threw my tape recorder out of the car. What's wrong with you? You're going to be paying for that. You will be repairing my tape recorder when I go back and get it off the road. And, you know, she's just going on and on about how he's going to be paying damages for this tape recorder. And at that point, he's done, and he cuts off his aunt. And he's like, listen, listen, listen. I'm not paying for your tape recorder, okay? You're a weirdo. You literally bugged your nephew's car and then got your son to get in your nephew's car that you bugged to try to get me to talk trash about you so you would have a recording of me talking crap about you and his aunt is like yeah I don't understand what's wrong with that and he's like are you crazy you know you don't understand that that's a little bit too far and makes absolutely no sense your son jumped out of my car earlier today so you're gonna spy on me and set me up to talk crap about you why like in what planet does that make any sense you're nuts and his aunt is just kind of looking at him blankly and then she decides in her infinite wisdom to do the good old-fashioned double down don't admit you're wrong all right guys i'm gonna interrupt the video for just one second i've been posting all my story time shortly after they come out over on this show i have on spotify i'm gonna put the link to that at the top of the description if you guys want to check that out you can listen to the stories offline without gameplay whatever it is they're still posted here first so you know make sure to check in here more often but it's an option for y'all like i said top of the description like i said his aunt starts to double down and she's like yeah i did bug your car because i know that you're plotting against me and my son to make us look crazy and unhinged and he's like what i'm plotting against you guys to make you look unhinged so you bugged my car I don't have to make you look unhinged, you just are. And his aunt is like, yeah, sure, that's exactly what an enemy would be doing. And he's like, how am I an enemy? I've been driving to your house every single morning to pick up your kid. If I was an enemy, why would I do that? And she starts to go off about how, like, everyone in this town is secretly against them, you know, and she just needs to be on the lookout, and she didn't think that her nephew would be in the group of people that are turning on her. And he cuts her off, and he's like, look, I don't know what's going on or what you're talking about, but I don't want any of it. You can take your kid home and take him to school from then on, you know. I I'm done. I don't want to hear anymore. I'm not a part of some secret group that's out to get you. That's just actually crazy. And he gets back in his car to 
to leave. And as he's leaving and he hears his aunt yelling about how, like, you know, she's going to see him in the morning when he takes his uh, cousin to school. And he can't actually believe what he's hearing. Like, did his aunt actually think that he was going to be pulling up tomorrow to, to take his cousin to school even after all of this? Obviously not. But whatever. She says it again. She's like, I'll see you tomorrow morning. And so he sticks his head back out the window. And he's like, are you serious right now? And his aunt confirms, yeah. And he's like, look, as far as I'm concerned, my tenure as uh, my cousin's chauffeur in the morning is over, okay? And so is my relationship as your nephew. You know, he looks at his cousin. We used to get along, dude. I don't know what's going on. I'm not a part of some secret plot to destroy you, though. But until then, we're not cousins either. Goodbye. And he just leaves. And as soon as he gets out of the parking lot, he feels like this big weight off his chest because he's like, oh, awesome. I don't have to go, like, deal with that every morning. But as soon as that, like, weight gets off of his chest, he starts to think about the fact that he needs to call his parents right now. So that way he can tell them everything that happened. Because if he didn't, he knew his aunt would be, like, calling his mom and being like, your son tried to crash into my car in a road rage incident. So whatever, he calls his mom and explains everything, you know. And his mom understands it's her sister, so she's probably dealt with some of this stuff before so she's like okay I get you I know she can be like that sometimes and so they get off the phone at that point he's just driving home and when he comes home his mom's on the phone with his aunt and she's like arguing with her saying no if you're gonna be like bugging my kid's car and following them around then like you can take your kid to school my kid's not your servant you know he doesn't have to like do whatever you tell him to especially if you're not gonna respect him which is good to hear the parents having his back I mean honestly dude if you have the free time to be following around your nephew driving your kid around why can't you just drive your kid like honestly it is a good thing though that his parents had his back because his aunt to like get revenge i guess started to go around to the rest of the family and say that her nephew randomly attacked her for no reason and it just caused a bunch of family drama i mean obviously 90 percent of the family was like yeah you're nuts to the lady but the 10 percent of the family was like why would you attack your innocent aunt for no reason either way you know him and his parents stayed strong and he didn't have to drive his crappy cousin to school for the rest of the year which is probably the biggest w of all this i still don't understand why it made sense to anyone in the beginning of this to have him drive past his school to his aunt's house and then back to the school you know especially if the cousin could have just gotten his license and driven himself it's not like he needed a a, a chauffeur to be taking him everywhere and you know what's funny about all of this is like after all this drama his cousin still needed to get to school right so he ended up getting his license his parents bought him a car a nicer car than the one that you know he had and then sent him a bunch of pictures and made fun of him for not having a nice car but then he literally ended up getting in a crash on the first day of driving it he wasn't hurt you know he was perfectly okay but the car was totaled and like now he hasn't driven again and his parents have to just keep paying the monthly payment on this car that they don't have anymore so maybe him driving wasn't the best idea but that's also why you shouldn't be like flexing on the dude that was driving you out of the kindness of his heart Regardless, you know, I guess some people's ants out there are really crazy enough to be bugging a car and thinking that you're a part of some plot to, like, go against them, I guess. Uh, my, my recommendation, just don't bug people's cars. Kind of weird unless you're James Bond or working for the FBI, you know? At that point, it's your job. But hey, if you're not working for the government, kind of weird. Maybe the town doesn't like you because you, like, just try to hide recording devices in their cars, you know? Oh, the town's against me. Maybe if you stop trying to spy on them, they would think that you were a little bit more normal, you know? 
Isn't my mom the worst? I guess sometimes, yeah. Like his mom jumps out of the bushes. I knew that you didn't like me. See, Tony, everyone's a hater. All right, so like I said, the story times takes place back when I was in middle school. It was actually the summer between like eighth and ninth grade. So I guess I wasn't in middle school, but you know, that kind of in-between time. And me and the boys had gotten really into Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 at the time. It wasn't like the newest Call of Duty, but it was the one that, you know, we were playing the most. And uh, it's my personal favorite COD of all time. But we were just total nerds, basically no-lifing the game. And you know, we thought we were pretty good. And we were like, hey, dude, what if uh, we tried to play competitively. That's just what happened, you know, when you're playing video games all the time and you're not bad, you're like, dude, we might be able to make some money at this. We could go pro, you know? And obviously, like, this is around the same time that we're all still like, yeah, I'm gonna play in the NBA and MLB one day. That's just the way it's gonna go. Like, you know, we basically thought that if we tried to take video games seriously, we would end up in a Disney movie where, like, we ended up at the Anaheim Ducks Stadium cheering and winning the Stanley Cup, and they're like, wait, you're gamers. And we're like, yeah, but this is just how life goes. It's a movie, right? You know, anyways, we ended up signing up for this thing called Game Battles, which was basically like competitive Call of Duty before competitive Call of Duty. You would go on the website, get a match with another team, play each other. Obviously, you'd have win-loss ratios. And, you know, it was very cool because sometimes you could wager money on the games if you wanted. And we're not talking a lot of money at all. Most of them were very small amounts. But, like, as a broke 8th grader, I thought winning any amount of money playing video games was the coolest thing ever. So me and my friends started to, like, talk about it. And so you needed four people at the time to play on a team and myself and two of my friends are taking it pretty seriously like cringe inducing levels of serious I want y'all to know I'm cringing at my past self for my actions but like me and two of my friends wanted to like you know have practice times have strategies like it's insanely nerdy it's not something I love to admit but that being said I just don't like to lose even if it's a call of duty competition like if I sign up for something you know I'm like all right well we got to practice you know like we I don't I don't want to get destroyed regardless there was four people in our group and the last person in our little squad, you know, he wanted to take it seriously and play game battles, but it just wasn't working because his mom was always getting in the way of us practicing and playing. And listen, like I said, it's kind of cringe we had practices, but everybody was down because we wanted to get good. Like, it was something that we all agreed upon. It just so happened that his mom was, like, acting like the gamer police who was just always around trying to get in the way of everything. You know, obviously we were kids. We understood that our parents were in charge. When I say his mom was getting in the way, though, I mean, like, his mom, one, demanded that he play without headphones. Which, if you've ever played, like, on Xbox or PlayStation with somebody using their speaker as a television, it's one of the worst sounding things ever, bro. It sucks. He had to use a Kinect mic with TV speakers. It was horrible because she didn't trust him to wear headphones. And on top of that, his mom would sit outside when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
fucked and listen to the conversation. So like we couldn't swear or get mad at the game because if we did, she would come into the room and yell at us. And I'm not saying that like I had to curse every two seconds, you know, but for example, who loves listening to speaker echo and then having like just the knowledge that their friend's mom is also listening to everything in party chat. I wasn't even saying anything bad. It's just like, bro, why is your mom sitting in a folding chair in the hallway listening to the television speaker and coming in and yelling at me if I get too excited at the game? You know, and on top of that, like, if you've ever ever been in an Xbox party chat, like, it's just not something that you would want your mom sitting there listening to, you know? No one's stoked on any parent spying on their conversations. I wouldn't want my dad listening in. Just in general, if anyone's parent was just sitting outside listening to the, every conversation I had, I would find it weird. But on top of it, like, if we got too heated, that's what she would always say when we were playing competitively or something, she would also get mad. Which, like, just happens, you know? Listen, I'm not saying that, like, anyone should be screaming at a TV or breaking anything over video games. That's ridiculous. But this is literally an example that popped into my head, right? So, like, everyone's been in a close game. You get shot from somewhere you're not expecting, so you, like, kind of yell the call out. You know, someone shoots you from behind. Oh, behind, behind, behind! Like that, right? Like that level of excitement, yelling it a little bit. She would storm into the room if you did that and be like, you are screaming too much at this video game. You're getting too heated. And you're like, I'm not even mad. I just didn't know he was behind me and, like, got caught up in the moment trying to help my team, you know? But just imagine every time that happens, having to explain yourself to someone's mom. That's like, not your mom. You don't know why she's listening. It's just like, ugh. And after a while of that, everybody was not too stoked on this arrangement. We really liked our teammate. We liked playing with him. But it was just getting to the point where we were annoyed to have his mom listening and interrupting. The constant speaker feedback wasn't great. And on top of it, you know, like sometimes if, if we were getting too heated during practice or during a game, she would just like make him get off. So we'd have to finish a person down. And like, you know, sometimes money's on the line. So if one of your friends is just leaving the competitive game because his mom got mad, like you're missing out on your money. So we all kind of had a talk. And one day we hop into the Xbox party with him and we're like, look, bro, no offense, but we really can't keep you on the team if we're going to keep playing for money, you know, because your mom's always spying on us and the noise is making us play way worse. So unless you get a headset, we just can't really play with you. And we really didn't want to stop playing with him. And we didn't want to stop playing with him so bad that we told him that everybody else on the team, all three of us had like put $20 together and we were going to buy him a headset. Like that's how much we were like, bro, we really like hanging out with you. We like you. But this whole like, you know, mom listening to every conversation, having to listen to speaker feedback isn't going to work. You know, we will buy you a headset, but like this just kind of sucks and it's not being uh, very swag for anyone involved. And of course, as we're in the middle of saying all of this, dude, his mom like bursts into the room. You can hear the anger and the way the door opened, bro. Like, you heard the door open. You disrespectful little turds. You can't just say that you're gonna buy my son a headset without my permission. I don't agree. And all of us are like, all right, that's fine. You know, if he can't have one, that's cool. We were telling him that like it's headset or he can't really play in our competitive games because the sound's distracting, you know? And obviously she's kind of sitting there. She's like, wait, what do you mean? If he doesn't get a headset, he can't be playing competitively with you guys. And we're like, yeah, like that's kind of what we decided. And she's like, you are gonna kick my son off of this team because of the fact that he can't have a headset. What would your parents think about this? You should be so ashamed. What is wrong with you? Not ever in my life have I ever been treated with such disrespect just going off, man. Keep in mind, like, we were going to 100% buy him a headset. We had just reached the point where, like, this situation was getting annoying, bro. We were having to do this two or three times every time we had to play with them. It was just not fun. So I decided to, like, tell her what was 
up, which was a bad idea. And I'm like, listen, we love hanging out with your kid, bro. He's lit. He's our friend. Everything is fun. We are all friends. You know, he is one of our best friends. We play video games a lot together. You know that. You know that because you're always sitting outside interrupting us all the time every single day. You know, you're spying on us all the time, interrupting us, and it's hard to play with, like, just in the back of my mind, knowing that if I say anything wrong or anyone gets too excited, we're gonna get yelled at. Because that's our issue, dude. Imagine you got some money on the line, and you're, like, in a 1v3 trying to focus, and then you just hear someone screaming in your ear about how you're too excited. And on top of that, the speaker is repeating all the game volume, so, like, and it's with a slight delay, so you're hearing something, then hearing it again, then someone's yelling at you. It just sucked like it was just not something that was very fun to do you know obviously we hoped that he was able to wear a headset and stay on our team but we were just like dude I can't be screamed at by your mom every day obviously you know she's not having any of that and she's just now convinced herself that we just hate her kid you know she started saying that we only wanted to get him a headset so we could bully him without her listening which is just the most out there thing I've ever heard dude like if I wanted to just make fun of him then I just would have you know no offense but what you think me and my friends are out here like so afraid of you that we're gonna buy your kid a headset to make fun of him first that's like evil bro i'm not satan also on top of it not once have i ever been trash talking someone and they're like hey man my mom's listening to this and i haven't gone okay uh, okay cool dude like could you imagine getting in an argument with someone on xbox and they're like dude i'm about to unplug my headset and my mom is gonna hear what you're gonna say uh, all right dude go for it i don't care you know maybe i'm crazy but like if your mom hops into an xbox argument for you you just lose like it doesn't even matter your mom could be th the most eloquent debater of all time if your parent mom dad grandparent anyone hops onto the xbox microphone to fight for you it's an l it just just doesn't matter like it could literally be the world's greatest lawyer you still lose i would have just been arguing with both of them if that were the case you know like i said we really liked our teammate but this was just not a good vibe especially when she's screaming at us for like offering to buy him a headset to just fix this problem you know we we realized the problem we thought of the solution anyways at that point she just starts going on this rant i'm not too sure what it was about about how like you know something about how she's the gaming police and she's gonna convict me of like headset a uh, uh, tampering or something and I'm like what headset tampering gaming police like what are you talking about you know and I just start laughing because I've never been told that the gaming police are gonna arrest me for headset tampering I've never heard of that and she's like you think it's funny you'll see you'll all see sounding like just a straight-up evil villain and then like leaves the party and so we're all sitting there you know and we're like that did not go as smoothly as we wanted you know uh, and we're talking about how much it's gonna suck to not play with our friend but pretty quickly we start making fun of the gamer police because we just thought it was funny dude like we just really had no clue what that even meant and she had said it in a way that like she thought it was gonna really intimidate us you know what i mean like she said the gaming police and then like paused as if we were gonna be like oh no you know it's just, it's just it was funny uh, all of a sudden could you imagine off my like little monitor dude code just starts flying off the screen and like starts to build a digital cop behind me it's like robocop he just arrests me for talking too much trash to my friend's mom on xbox like, I'm, I'm not really sure what the gaming police is, dude. So we're kind of making fun of it, trying to figure out what it meant. And that's when it uh, is, is shown to us very quickly exactly what gaming police had meant and what she had meant when she said, oh, you're all going to see and 
regret it because on the microphone, one of my friend's moms walk in and she goes, hey, did you get into a fight with? And she says our friend's name. And he's like, no, why? And she starts to tell him that she had just received a 10 page email from his mom about how like all of us in the Xbox party are making fun of him. And you know how basically we have like this bully team on Xbox and now we're, we're just we're just mean and we're like, what are you talking about? And obviously she's like, so do you care to explain? And my friend just starts to explain that's not what happened. OK, we've been playing for a while. We, we've been like playing competitively. We've been getting better. This guy doesn't have a headset. So we hear everything twice. And his mom's always coming in and arguing with us. So we were like, hey, bro, we really love playing with you. But you can't keep being in our competitive games if this is going to be the situation. We didn't say we were never going to play with him. We didn't say we didn't like him. We didn't say we didn't want to be his friend. Like, what? And his mom goes, so you didn't say you were going to beat him up on Monday? And we're like, what? And apparently she says that, like, at some point in the email, she said that, you know, we had threatened to beat him up on Monday. And as I'm listening to this, my mom walks into my room and she's like, get off the Xbox and come downstairs now. And obviously, I know what's about to happen. And I'm not trying to argue, you know, on Xbox. So I just turn off the... uh, Uh, Xbox and go downstairs and the entire time I'm walking downstairs I'm like dude she really emailed my mom like over an Xbox argument where I was trying to be nice to my friend like obviously you know it sucks but we were like dude we'll literally buy you a headset like this just sucks we will do anything like imagine losing an argument to some kids on Xbox and you're like I'm gonna go find their mom's email address you know my mom did not know this lady like that it's not like she had it so she had gone out of her way to find my mom's email and then write a 10-page email about our Xbox trash-talking. Regardless, I get downstairs and my mom starts to lecture me about how, like, I shouldn't be making fun of people for not having technology, and I'm really confused because I'm like, I've never made fun of someone for not having technology. I don't know, man. Like, I just don't really feel like that's something to make fun of. And she's like, well, apparently you were bullying your friend for not having a headset. That's what this email says. And I'm like, we were not bullying him for not having a headset. That's just not what happened happened we don't want like what we're gonna play call of duty with him we are going to hang out with him we're just not going to play competitive games with him because of the headset thing and we can't hear the game and you know i just kind of fill my mom in on what's happened you know because we didn't really care about him not having a headset in a bad way like sure it's annoying to hear the speaker but we wanted him to stay and if anything we like really wanted him to stay because we were like we'll buy you a headset so you can keep playing competitive with us it's just too hard like we can't do it, you know? And obviously my mom's like, wait, you know, you and your friends weren't bullying him about not having it. You guys were just like saying it would be better and you guys had even volunteered to get him one just so you guys can keep playing together. And I was like, yes, we did not care at all about him not having a headset. It was annoying, but no one hated him for it. You know, it was just something that sucked. You guys know how it is, dude. Like, if one of your friends lives an hour out of town, right? Like, it's not like you don't want to be his friend. But you'd be like, dude, I just can't hang out every day. Because I just can't drive an hour there and an hour back. It's nothing against you. You're awesome. But I can see you, like, once a week, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not a situation where you hate him for it. And at that point, my mom decides to show me the email she had been sent in. And it's like this insane list of us bullying him for not having a headset. She had made up 
a transcript of like us saying things about him not having a headset that had just literally never happened, you know? And it was really funny because it was just not anything people would say. Like the, the transcript was like, oh man, do you not have the latest gaming headset technology? You suck. Like nobody talks like that, you know? If anything, she was just kind of bullying her own kid for not having a headset. She wrote a fake transcript and was like flaming this dude in, in great English. You know, go off. This is your feelings, not mine. I obviously didn't say that like technology and headsets is one of the main things that separates professional gamers for those who simply want to be professional. Like no one talks like that. If if I was going to make fun of someone for not having a headset, which I wouldn't do, I would just be like, oh my God, you don't have a headset. Like I wouldn't, what is this? What is this, you know, Shakespeare poem you're writing out here? And on top of it, at the end of the email, she had signed off as like the gamer police. And at that point, I just couldn't take it seriously. I told my mom, I was like, look, you know, I didn't do this. If you're going to take this email seriously, like there's really nothing I can do. But this is just weird because none of that happened like that. We were not making fun of him for not having a headset. We did not, you know, make fun of him like that at all. Like the transcripts are just weird. And my mom's like, you've never reacted like this when you've done something stupid before. So I have no reason not to believe you. And then, you know, just in the nick of time, the other two moms that like had also been emailed, emailed, emailed my mom. And they were kind of like, did you guys also get this email? And then they had a phone call and were kind of like, oh, this lady's nuts and just had sent every person's mom like a transcript of their kids saying bad stuff. You know, like she had just made up like all these different stories, you know? And at that point, our moms are just straight up annoyed. They're like, look, guys, I understand that you want to be friends with this dude, but like you just got to avoid her at all costs. So for the rest of the summer, which wasn't very long, we just like didn't game with him, you know, mainly because we were like, A, if we start to game with him and she hears our voices, she's going to come in and yell at us. And B, our parents were just like, just avoid it for now. Like, this is just a train wreck. I don't want to be getting emails about like how you were going to offer to buy someone a headset. And then his mom was arguing with you and you gave attitude. They're like, I just don't want to hear about this, right? Like I said, it was summer. So, you know, summer was coming to an end. It was like a couple days, couple maybe like a week before school ended. Regardless, we just kind of didn't talk to him for a bit. Anyways, we hadn't talked to the dude in two days and he walks up and he's like, listen, my mom said I'm not allowed to play games with you guys anymore. And we're like, obviously that sucks. Is there anything that we can do to like convince your mom that we're okay to game with, you know? Like I said, we didn't want to not play with him. Like at this point, we're like, look, we'll apologize. Like we'll do whatever. Just let us know as long as we get to play again. And he's like, there is one thing, but you guys probably aren't going to want to do it. And we're like, all right, well, what is it? You know? And he's like, his mom said that she'll will forgive us and let him game with us, but we have to write a five-page essay to him and her, apologizing and saying how what we did was disrespectful and wrong. And then we had to sign a contract saying that we wouldn't bring up him wearing a headset ever again. And we look at him when we say this, and like the look on our face must have been obvious because he immediately is like, yeah, I know, I don't expect you to do that. And all of us are kind of thinking for a second, and we're like, look, dude, we really love playing with you. We love being your friend, but I'm not signing a contract saying I'm never gonna bring up a gaming headset again and writing a five-page essay so that way you're allowed to play games with me because like we didn't do anything wrong you know, we really don't hate, like, we don't hate you at all. And he's like, I know, I know you don't, I don't understand. I get why you don't want to do it, but whatever. He wasn't mad at us. He got it. And so we just kind of stopped playing Xbox together. We didn't stop being friends. We were friends at school, like through and through, but it definitely did kill the whole gaming together thing, mainly because like, you know,
know, I'm still not really down to be getting screamed at for just no reason every time I get too excited in a game. And on top of it, dude, that speaker backlash was insane. So we stayed friends with them, but like we just kind of stopped playing games together. I was not writing an essay for it at all. And uh, we had tried to like play with them and not get caught before. His mom caught on and came in screaming at him. So especially after that, we were like, all right, we don't want him to get in trouble. We don't want to get in trouble. So we just kind of stopped playing together. And I will say that like seriously through and through, we didn't not like him. We didn't hate him because he didn't have a headset. We wanted to get him one so we could keep playing on like the competitive team. We just didn't want this to happen. Like obviously we had been trying to avoid this freak out fight because we knew it was a possibility and we just couldn't really avoid it. So uh, that sucked. You know, regardless, be careful out there if you're talking trash anywhere on the internet. You never know when the gaming police might be listening, waiting, ready to pounce, you know? At the slightest passive aggressive comment, she's ready like Batwoman to email your mom and get you arrested for uh, headset tampering, whatever that is. Like, what? what is that, bro? Is that opening the speakers and like planting something that gives different sound cues to convince people that they're not going the right direction? Like, what, what would that even mean? I also just feel like if you're gonna call yourself anything intimidating relating to like policing of gaming, dude, the least thing you could do, least intimidating thing you could do is call yourself the gaming police. Like, you think you'd come up with a better name, you know, like cybersecurity entertainment, you know, like entertainment gaming cybersecurity specialist, the Federal Bureau of Gaming Management. No, you just went straight up gamer police. And today I've got a story time that was sent in to me by someone that's got a job as a soccer referee on the weekend. It's their second job, but they usually just get to go ref some soccer games, get paid a little bit of money. It's no big deal. But uh, at this particular game, they ended up watching a mom freak out on one of their calls. The coach got involved to be like, hey, please stop screaming at the referee. And the lady picked up her chair and fought the coach instead, which, you know, seems right up the alley for a story time here on the channel. So I figured I would share it with you guys. So with Without further ado, let's get into it. Alright, so like I said, this dude was used to refereeing soccer games on the weekend, and usually he would ref the older kids game, but on this particular weekend he got there and the person in charge says that he was going to be refing a game for like 8 year old soccer players. And for the most part, you know, it's not really refereeing as much as it is just making sure kids don't like pick up the ball and hit each other and like when it goes out of bounds you blow the whistle, but obviously there's only like so much incredible soccer that people that are really young can play, right? So he's like, all right, you know, I get to be the glorified babysitter today. It is what it is. But he goes over there and he sees all the parents are already there. So he goes over, you know, does the shin guard check thing, checks everyone's cleats. And he's like, all right, let's get to playing. And he didn't expect there to be any like violence or any real issues because, you know, eight year olds playing soccer shouldn't get crazy. But there was one kid on one of the teams who was just, you know, a little bit too into it and kept like elbowing people and slide tackling people. And like, you know, accidentally tripping people, just overall being a nuisance. And it got to the point where like the parents of the other team were like, hey, that kid keeps trying to hurt all of our players. Can you do something about it? And he did keep like elbowing people to the point where even the ref couldn't pretend that it was an accident. You know, you accidentally elbow someone during a soccer game. I guess it is what it is. Like it could happen, right? This kid was handing out elbows like it was Halloween and he had a box of candy, bro. Like, oh, you get an elbow, you get an elbow. It's 
Prince and Oprah showing out here. Seriously, this kid was just on a tear. So he ended up blowing his whistle and he takes the kid over to his coach and he goes, hey, you know, this guy keeps throwing elbows. He keeps, keeps tripping people. Like he's got to chill out. Otherwise he can't play anymore. The other parents are starting to complain. And the coach looks at the kid and he's like, are you elbowing people? And the kid straight up goes, yeah, my mom told me to. And the coach is like, all right, well, you can't do that. That's against the rules. Stop doing it. And he's like, all right, well, I don't really care what you say. I'm going to do what my mom told me to do. And the ref and the coach are just kind of standing there not knowing what to do. So the ref blows his whistle at that point and pulls out a red card, which, you know, I'm American. I say soccer. I don't really know too much about the sport, but I'm pretty sure that means that you are ejected from the game, basically. And at that point, you know, he hears a, a Karen's voice being like, what do you mean you're giving my son a red card? And he turns around and looks and he sees a Karen-Darren combo, you know, you know, when the mom's a Karen, the dad's a Darren, it's just obvious they both love screaming at managers. He sees the combo over there and they like start walking over to the referee and the coach and the mom gets up in his face and is like, you can't eject my son. You can't prove that he was throwing elbows or tripping people on purpose. And the ref's like, I didn't even tell you what he's getting ejected for, but it does happen to be that. So it's kind of weird that you would come over here and say it's an accident when you don't even know what we're talking about yet. And the Karen kind of realizes like, oh, I might've said too much. But her husband, Darren chimes in and goes, well, we could hear you talking to the coach. So we knew what was going on. And she's like, yeah, we knew what was going on. You can't eject our son, you know. If the other parents got a problem, they can come over here and say it to me, but it's not your job to ref the game. And the referee looks down at, like, his referee uniform, looking like a zebra, Marty from uh, Madagascar out here, right? And he goes, ma'am, it kind of is my job. I'm the referee, you know, look it. Like, I'm wearing the referee shirt. That means I'm in charge of refereeing the game. And the Darren is like, oh, do you think you can get smart with my wife like that? And at that point, the coach goes, all right, guys, you need to both chill out. It's just kids soccer. You need to stop arguing with the ref. If he really is tripping people and throwing elbows, then he's done. Like, there's nothing we can do. And the Darren at that point is like, are you going to betray your own player in this situation? And the coach is just kind of looking at him confused, like, betray my own player? Like, what do you mean? And so he says, dude, I'm not the one that told my, your kid to be throwing elbows out there. Like, I didn't tell my kid to do that. And Darren's like, well, then you don't care about winning. Sometimes in soccer, you've got to get a little aggressive. And listen, bro, I think you would have way more of an argument if they were shoving each other, getting a little mad at the game. If it's like a soccer game that matters at all. I mean, it's still against the rules. You shouldn't do it. But like, if this is a professional game, you know, a, a state championship, you got some money on the line or whatever, I could understand getting a little bit too into it you know you're you're throwing elbows because you just want to win bro this is like an eight-year-old recreational soccer game dog like it doesn't matter if they win or lose this it literally does not matter at all so i don't really understand how it's like a part of the game you have to get aggressive in soccer i mean maybe for money but this is not what that is bro it's just kids playing soccer on the weekend this is the same logic of like you know the one dad that gets a little too into the football game and is like down there trying to fight the other team's coaches he's like this is basically an nfl game it's like yeah except without all the money or professional athletes, I, I guess. Anyways, at that point, the coach looks at the Darren and he's like, look, there's no reason for any of these players to be getting aggressive at all. And if that's how you want to be, then I don't think it's a good idea for you or your family to be on the team anymore, which is strong. But I'm going to assume this isn't the first time they've had an argument, you know, and the Darren at that point is like, are you kicking us off the team? And the coach is like, I just don't necessarily feel like our playing styles mesh well. He's trying to say it nicely, but like, yeah, I can't deal with the fact that I have to fight with you every game. And at that point, the Darren's like, hold me back. 
back, hold me back. And the Karen gets between them and starts saying that like her husband works out a lot and he's really lucky that she's here to hold him back because you know, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to just start trying to beat someone up at a children's soccer game. And the coach isn't really having any of it. And he's like, look, if your like, husband's really gonna fight me over this, that's ridiculous. You guys are off the team. It is what it is. There's no reason to be telling your kid to elbow other players in soccer. And at that point, the Karen's like, oh, don't you dare bring my kid into this. And he's like, I'm not bringing your kid, like, I'm not bringing your kid into this. I'm just saying, you're the one who told him to elbow people. You shouldn't have done it. And then the Darren's like, you're talking about my son. What's wrong with you? You know, Darren and Karen just feeding off each other. It's like a swirling tornado of anger. They're just making each other angrier, you know, and, and they're just like in this little reality that's not happening. And it gets to the point where like, okay, people think there's going to be a fight breaking out. So a lot of the parents from both sides start coming over and breaking everybody up. And at that point, Karen no longer has to hold back Darren from beating the coach and she just kind of disappears. No one knows where she goes. Darren is like being held back by multiple people and the coach just starts to walk away because he's realizing this is really out of hand. This dude actually wants to fight me and like I just don't want to be here. So he starts walking away and the ref is walking with them and the coach is apologizing to the ref. Like it's not his fault, you know, he's like I'm so sorry, like this is so embarrassing and the ref is like dude it's not your fault but I don't really know what's going on. Like obviously I just can't have this dude out here elbowing other players. Like it's just against the rules. And the coach is like, yeah, I know. And out of nowhere, they just hear a bunch of people being like, look out, look out, look out. And they look back expecting to see Darren has gotten out of all those people holding him back, rushing the coach. But what they see instead is Karen coming at them, right? And she has like, you know, the camping chairs that are foldable that go into the little bag. They took those to like the soccer game so that way they could sit and watch the soccer game, right? Well, she has hers back into its like folded configuration. So it's just basically a bunch of metal poles and she's running at them. And so the ref steps to the side and she just kind of does a wide swing and like hits the coach right in the chest with this chair and the coach gets hits in the chest and is like what just happened and grabs it like with his arms almost like taking a football handoff right and is like what did you hit me with the chair for and she's like that's for talking about my kid and he's like what is wrong with you like you hit me with a chair you know what is this like a WWE wrestling match honestly from the dramatics of this family whether it be Darren having to have 80 people holding him back the kid throwing elbows at everybody the mom smacking people with chairs. You'd think they'd be much better suited for a life of, like, wrestling instead, you know? Watch out, watch out, watch out! Karen drops from the rafters with a chair just smacking everybody. Like, dude, it's just so funny. Imagine getting an argument over a soccer game, right? And then you're looking around, you see your camping chair. Ah, perfect. This is exactly what will make all of this better. If I just go hit the coach with this foldable chair, everything will be fine. Not foldable in, like, the normal way. You guys get what I'm saying, though. Like, I just don't... <laughs> I don't ever see there being a situation where I'm arguing about like a, a sporting event especially just some random recreational kids sports game and feel the need to smack someone with a chair but like I said the coach kind of has it in his arms so she starts trying to pull the chair away and he's just not letting it go because obviously he thinks she's just gonna hit him with the chair again and so now she starts screaming about how he's trying to steal the chair and it's her property and he doesn't have the right to take her property and the coach is not trying to like argue with her or keep the chair he's just like you're gonna hit me with it I'm not gonna let it go 
And of course, now they're in between a bunch of other games. Like the way this kind of field was set up is that there was a ton of like games at one giant field, you know, all going on at one time. So now there's just a bunch of people looking and this lady screaming that they're trying to steal the chair. So a bunch of people start coming over to be like, what's going on? And the ref has to re-explain to all these new people that are walking up, all these concerned citizens that like, listen, something's going on. Just like, please go back to the game. But they can't because it's just such a train wreck going on. You can't ignore it. Like, let's be honest, even if you're not involved, let's pretend you're at a soccer game. You're watching your like your cousin play soccer or whatever. I, I don't know Like you got dragged along to this thing. Your mom said you had to go because it's a family thing or whatever. And then all of a sudden, there's just like a giant showdown with people getting smacked with chairs. That's way more entertaining than anything that was going on before. So obviously, even when they're like, okay, guys, don't pay attention. You're going to keep paying attention. Am I supposed to just pretend there's not just some insane wrestling match going on? Anyways, everyone's looking at this. It's going crazy. And Darren walks over very calm now. It's evident that something or someone had like hit him in the face. He's got a mark. But other than that, he's very calm. And he goes, listen, coach, I'm sorry. Sometimes I get mad. And the coach is like, yeah, bro, you know, you literally are trying to fight me over a soccer game. That means nothing. I can tell. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but we got to go, honey. We gotta go. And the Karen's like, fine, we should go. Everyone here's judging us anyways. It's like, yeah, because you just made a big scene. You know, if you don't want everyone to judge you, you could just like not just start screaming at everyone in the middle of a giant soccer game. And Darren, same thing with you, bro. If you don't try to fight the coach, I don't think anyone would be judging. But she's like, but since you guys all want to judge us, we are never playing soccer for this league or this coach ever again. And the coach is standing there and he goes, okay, that's fine with me. I mean, he had literally been trying to kick them off the team anyways, but whatever. If they need to just pretend it was their choice, then it is what it is. And just as fast as all the chaos starts, they dip out. And so the ref and the coach are standing there now and like, they're like, what is going on? So they go back to the field that they were playing at. And apparently after they had left, like a bunch of people had come to make sure that Darren and didn't fight the coach. Well, I guess he had started trying to fight them, and one of them happened to just be somebody that you shouldn't fight. Uh, he knew a martial art of some sort. The ref didn't really know too much about it, bro. And I'm not a giant martial artist either, but whatever. Just probably not somebody you want to start trying to fight. I don't know why you would want to take your odds of fighting like six strangers, bro. Chances are one of them is going to be tougher than you. I don't know why you would want to fight a stranger in the first place, but I feel like your odds of winning against a group of people just get lower and lower. So I just don't know why you would want to risk it but apparently he had gotten beat pretty bad not literally like to the physicality of like not being able to move but just embarrassingly beat like you know got punched in the face and just was like oh wow that hurt so he had kind of relaxed at that point and gone super calm and realized like we just got to get out of here which is why he came over to the Karen all calm you know because I was kind of curious I'm like why was he not freaking out when he came over but that's because he had just already been embarrassed so just decided with tail between the legs to get out of there but sure enough Enough, you know, after that, the ref went to his boss and kind of explained what happened. And they were like, well, we're going to have to ban them from the league. But of course, in their mind, they were already done playing soccer and were never coming back anyways. So they weren't really going to care, you know. But either way, they did end up getting banned because, duh, like, what are you supposed to do? Pretend that that's just totally normal. Imagine being the coach that they got moved to after that. You're like, oh, why are you guys switching teams mid-season? Ugh, you wouldn't believe it, okay? So I told my kid to elbow the other team and hurt them, right? Ref finds out 
out, tells us to stop it, okay? And the coach says, stop it. So uh, my husband threatened to fight him and I smacked him with a chair. And you're like, oh, you start calling the league. Please get them off my team. Please get them off my team. The Darren-Karen combo is the ultimate, ultimate threat because they just feed off each other, you know? It's like they just use each other's power levels to boost the attack. That kid's gonna be an absolute monster though, you know? Usually you got one parent. You either got a Darren or a Karen, hopefully neither, but usually it's just one or the other. If you got a Karen and a Darren raising you, bro, you're gonna come out like a, a teenage mutant ninja turtle of may I talk to the manager. The Donatello of getting discounts out here. Anyways, after that craziness, he just kind of thought it was gonna be the end of the situation. Obviously, that team's game was canceled, you know, they ended up going home. He refed another game that day, went home, and just kind of forgot about it over the next month or so. Not that it wasn't a crazy situation, it was just kind of like, oh well, you gotta move on, you know? But about a month later, he wakes up one morning and checks his email and sees he was CC'd on something between his boss and like the higher-ups, right? And he starts reading it and he's really confused by what he's reading and then he realizes what it is. Apparently Karen had gone and gotten a lawyer and was now threatening to sue the soccer league because they had unfairly terminated their like, uh, spot in the league. I don't know what it would be called, but you know what I'm saying. Apparently they had been unfairly kicked out of the league and they had told the lawyer that they had had a small disagreement with a referee that had led to them being like kicked out of the league and they thought that it was unfair that the ref had that much power blah 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 and obviously the lawyer who took this case has to just be like trying to get the bag you know because I just don't really understand how you could even think this is a good lawsuit like I feel like most lawyers would call this ridiculous he probably got tossed a bag and decided to file it or you know start reaching out about it anyways but they had said it was a small disagreement so his boss had like cc'd him on the email and was like yeah no she actually smacked someone with a chair and was trying to fight one of the referees I'll put him on the email chain and he had to email the higher-ups being like yeah no this lady and her husband uh caused a fight quite a scene and the kid was just elbowing a bunch of players so I don't necessarily feel like letting them back in is the best idea but I have to almost respect the size of the cojones for the Karen to go find a lawyer get a lawyer and try to sue the soccer league I mean honestly her and Darren reaching that level of delusion is pretty impressive no honey you don't understand okay when you fought all seven of the people trying to hold you back and I smacked the coach with the chair and they banned us. That doesn't make any sense. We should have been allowed to finish the season. Like, what? And then to be that upset about it where you go get a lawyer. Hey, find a lawyer who's willing to take this case because it's so stupid. And then just lie to the lawyer too. Like, oh my goodness, dude. You want to go rant to your Facebook wall and say the ref was in the wrong? Eh, whatever. Like, it doesn't really matter. You want to sue him? Okay, now it kind of does matter what you think happened. Alright, so the person who ended up sending this in to me was at a family reunion that was going to be going on for a week and it was down by a lake that was pretty close to where a lot of his family lived you know and he had a really really big family his grandparents had had a bunch of kids and you know if you have a bunch of aunts and uncles if they have some kids it can get pretty large and it's old enough where some of his cousins have kids so we're talking an absolutely massive family but somehow by just like terrible odds there was only one cousin that was directly his age you know and it happened that they would get paired up for everything. Oh, your cousin, your cousin, your cousin. And while usually that would be cool, it just so happened that this guy's cousin was one of those kids that could like technically be a vampire, you know? If you really wanted to rate him as far as somebody who never ever wanted to go outside and like was almost terrified of sunlight because uh, they just spent so much time just never interacting with anything, that could be his cousin. 
literally it was like the guy had you know put morphine on his screen at some point and become addicted he never wanted to go outside he just always had to be on his phone his ipad you know a gaming console something had to be in front of his face and i'm not talking about just liking to be on your phone because there's nothing going on you know but like to the point that they were at a lake house and he couldn't get this dude off of his ipad to go outside and like throw rocks in a lake you know to give you guys an idea of how addicted this dude's cousin was to like technology and electronics so you know being at a lake for a week it wasn't a situation where like the cabin the kids were at had power the main house where all the adults were staying had you know the full shebang tv power water all that stuff but they had a couple guest cabins that were just more like a cabin and so they had put the kids in the cabin and it just so happened that this guy had become so upset at the idea of having to spend a week without electricity and being able to game that he had bought a generator or should i say made his parents buy him a generator and then also forced them to sign up for like satellite internet for the week that they were going to be there so that way he wouldn't have to miss out on anything and i mean listen man i love me some technology it's literally my job i play more video games than any grown adult should that being said, I'm not out here like, oh, we're going camping. I need a generator and satellite internet in the area. Otherwise, I'm not going. At that point, in my opinion, that's like basically heroin addiction levels of being addicted to the internet. No, mom, you don't understand. You call them up and you get a trial for their sat satellite internet. Otherwise, I'm not going to the family reunion. Like, seriously, dude, you're really out here with a generator running 24-7 at a cabin because you just have to play Xbox? Regardless, the game that he was into at this time just happened to be Minecraft. You know, the addiction would rotate, it would change from time to time, and I'm not blaming the game at all. I don't think Minecraft makes you go out and hit your cousin with an oar from a boat. It just so happened that this dude's cousin was nuts, and it happened to be Minecraft at this particular time when, like, you know, he was uh, going crazy. And what I don't understand about this is like, alright, bringing a generator is pretty addicted. But bringing a generator to play Minecraft makes even less sense to me because like, isn't outside basically just real Minecraft? 99% of people playing Minecraft would agree with me and be like, yeah, okay, sure, it's a video game. But as far as like, walking outside and being able to be in nature near a lake, it's literally outdoors. You don't have to play it virtually. You know, he's literally just out here like, oh man, I built this awesome lake house in Minecraft, looks to his left, sees a real lake house. I love playing Minecraft. Like, he was literally so into playing Minecraft, he didn't realize he had the real version outside, you know? There's certain games I don't want to play the real version of. I'm not really trying to play real-life CSGO. No, thank you. Real-life Grand Theft Auto? Absolutely not. Don't put me on the list. But yeah, like a nice little peaceful retreat where I can walk around nature and just like uh, look at stuff like Minecraft, you know? The only difference is there's no zombies trying to kill me at night. I'll take that. Somebody needed to let this guy know in some nerd terms what was going on. Hey, bro, the latest patch notes said that, uh, you know, you, you were transported and this week it's IRL stuff. Like, you just gotta try to, like, talk to him in a way that he might understand. Because I feel like walking up to him and being like, you do know the outdoors has the same freedom you're playing in the game. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna land. Anyways, I can rant all day about how dumb it is to be, like, doing this, but obviously this dude was so addicted to games, he brought a generator camping, so, you know, no amount of my ranting is gonna change that. 
and everybody that was in the cabin with them was getting really annoyed because if you've ever been around a generator those things aren't necessarily quiet so there's like this constant hum in the background everybody's kind of irritated but whenever anybody says anything to him about the generator he's just like shut up i need it you know he's just immensely defensive of the generator you would think it was like something that he actually needed he hasn't drinking water in 13 days someone walks out with a thing of dasani he's like give me it that was the way he was treating this generator and as much as this kid's lame for bringing the generator i do really gotta question the parents for a second because like why did y'all buy him a generator to bring camping you didn't have to do that you know call me crazy but if i ever asked my parents to buy me a generator before we went camping they would have looked at me and been like haha that's funny no like it is a little bit on them for letting him bring his xbox and run a generator 24 7 Anyways, I digress. You guys get the point. This guy's got some issues. It all culminates in a day, though, where they were going to have a family kayak race. The week had been awesome, but, you know, the grandparents had kind of organized this thing where on the last day of the family reunion, everyone was going to get together, have a little bit of a competition, race some kayaks. Wow, oh, wow, doesn't that just sound like an absolutely fantastic time? The only catch was, you know, they were two-person kayaks, which meant that he was obviously going to have to be teamed up with Minecraft Cousin. And, you know, there was a little bit of a prize on the line. The winning team was going to get $500 from the grandparents, so obviously the subscriber wanted to win because who doesn't want $250? And while everything else that week had just been absolutely blown off and ignored by the Minecraft kid as stupid, not worth his time because it was time he wasn't gaming... The idea of $250 made him perk up a little bit, you know. He was like, hey, that's a lot of DLC that I can buy, you know. I can buy a hefty amount of video games with $250. So uh, when they were talking about this kayak race that was going to be upcoming, instead of sneering and being like, ew, outside, no thank you. He's not necessarily super opposed to the idea, so they get back to the cabin, and obviously they're talking a little bit because they knew they were going to be paired up in the kayak. And you would think that, you know, Gamer Cousin would be, like, a little bit gracious to his teammate that is going to be, like, pretty important in the kayak race because he's actually driven a kayak before. But instead, when they get back to the cabin, you know, Minecraft Cousin is like, you are not allowed to hold me back when we're doing this kayak race, okay? Like, there's a lot of money on the line, so you shouldn't mess around and hold me back at all. Keep in mind, this dude literally had not been outside at all this week. The subscriber literally has no idea what this dude's referring to, because there's no way he's going to be holding him back. The person who sent this in to me literally, like, has a one-person kayak that's just their kayak because they like to do it, and here they are getting yelled at by Minecraft Kid to, like, not, you know, slow them down. And so he doesn't really respond, so Minecraft Cousin continues. I tend to pick up on stuff really quick, alright? So you need to keep up your performance, because I'm going to get it down pretty quick, and I don't want to be held back by someone who's an amateur and not very good at picking up on new things. And obviously, he's insanely insulted because he's like, dude, what are you talking about? You know, if it was a Minecraft competition, maybe the ego would make sense. But you don't do the whole outside thing, so maybe quit pretending like you're going to be a god at it. But he's managing to bite his tongue because before they had come to the lake house, his mom had given him this whole talk about how he needed to be nice to his cousin because he's family and that's what family does. And, you know, she had said that, I guess, like, he didn't have a, a crap ton of friends at school, you know. Nobody bullied him or anything. 
anything, he just wasn't very popular. And I mean, gee, I wonder why. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a gamer at all. I'm not insinuating that Minecraft or playing video games makes you unpopular. I don't think that's true. I feel like, if anything, everybody just plays video games these days. You'd be more weird to me if you never played a video game than if you gamed a lot. I'm talking about the fact that, like, he just immediately started screaming at his cousin to not hold him back without even asking him if he had any experience when he definitely has no experience driving a kayak. I feel like that attitude maybe won't get you a ton of friends, you know? Could you imagine this guy playing dodgeball? He's definitely never played it before, but when they're picking teams, he's like, Listen, you morons, if you're gonna be on my team, you need to protect me, okay? I'm not getting hit in the face with the ball so you idiots can have a good time. Chances are he's getting picked last. It just is what it is, you know? I I can't really blame anyone for not wanting him on the team at that point. Regardless, he's thinking about his mom's speech to him, so he manages to hold his tongue while he's going off about how he doesn't want to be held back by his cousin on the kayak. And so his response is like, all right, well, there's a two-person kayak out there, so how about we go practice, you know, we can, like, maybe learn if we're a good team or not, and if we're not a good team, we don't have to race together. And he thinks this is brilliant because he's like, awesome, maybe if, you know, it doesn't work out, he'll just get mad at me and do it on his own and I won't have to deal with this. So he goes down the lake and he's waiting for his cousin and he's waiting for an insanely long amount of time. You know, he figured it would just take a little bit for his cousin to change and come on down. And finally he comes down, but he's just covered in head to toe sun protection, man. An old grandma hat looking like he's about to go scuba diving more than just drive a kayak. And listen, you know, sunburns hurt. I'm not here to make fun of anybody. That's fair enough. But it did look a little bit like he might have been challenging the sun to a 1v1 or maybe like the reason he was so stressed out as he had borrowed money from the sun and now he was trying to hide from it and like changes his identity a little bit regardless you guys get an idea of the outfit it just wasn't very conductive to physical activity like hey i'm all for protecting yourself from the sun i'm not gonna make fun of him from that but it's like 80 layers of clothing probably isn't going to make kayaking and rowing very easy on you And so whatever, he comes down and he's looking at his cousin and he's not even saying anything. And the subscriber's like, hey man, I'm just going to let you know that rowing is kind of a lot of moving in your arms. So I understand you want to be protected from the sun, but maybe just wear like one long sleeve t-shirt. So that way the sun isn't, you know, burning you or anything, but you're not being restricted by your clothing. Which to me is pretty fair. And even then, like if I'm on a kayak in water, I don't need more than just one shirt on, you know, at least I, I hope not. Like... Listen, if I'm going to be in the water so long that one long sleeve shirt isn't enough, I'm not very good at the whole kayaking thing. I should be doing a better job of staying in the boat. But whatever, he just says that to his cousin and it's honest advice. And his cousin rolls his eyes and is like, oh my god, my parents said the same thing when they saw me walking down here. Doesn't anyone know anything about fashion in this family? I'm not here to be good at rowing. I'm here to look good while I do it. And the subscriber is kind of confused because the outfit, like I said, did look like he was trying to roleplay as like a ghost or an old woman, you know? So I don't know what fashion he was referring to, but once again, just had to jump straight to insulting him. So he just drops it. He's like, you know what? Forget it. Forget I mentioned it. Don't worry about it. I I don't know anything about fashion. You are totally right. My fashion expertise is just at an absolute zero. How dare I question the great illustrious Minecraft god that is wearing a hat from the 12th century out here. So whatever, they 
go in there uh, setting up the two-person kayak. And of course, he has to drag it totally onto the land for his cousin to get in and then drag it back into the water because he didn't want to get anything on the lower part of his body wet. Those were his words. Which to me is like, you could just say, I don't want to get my shoes wet, you know? Once again, if you're getting into a kayak and like you're getting all of the lower part of your body wet, you're doing something wrong about getting into the kayak. Whatever, they get into it and they start to paddle. And the subscriber, you know, isn't expecting a whole lot from his cousin, but figured that he would at least know how to row if he was being so confident about it, you know? Like, if you're going to come at your cousin and be like, you're a moron, don't hold me back, you better at least know how to row a boat. You would think that would be the bare minimum. But as they start to get going, he's in the front of the boat, and the subscriber's like, man, we're going pretty slow. This is way harder than it should be. Anytime I've been on a two-person kayak, it hasn't been this hard to paddle the boat. Like, it almost feels like something's dragging me down. And so he looks back, and his cousin isn't doing anything. He's just kind of making eye contact with him, just holding the paddle, staring at him. And obviously, you know, the whole two-person kayak thing, the intention is that both people paddle. Otherwise, yeah, the person in the front's going to have a very hard time because they're just kind of dragging the person. It's doable. You're going to move in the water, but that's not the way you're supposed to do it. And especially if you're practicing for a race, getting it done quickly is kind of one of the more important things you got to do, right? Like if you're in a race and you're just going half the speed you could be, you're just automatically going to lose. Even if grandma and grandpa themselves are racing, if they're both paddling they're probably going to beat the team where only one person's doing any work so he looks at his cousin and he's like hey man can you please paddle like what are you doing back there you know you're supposed to help me out it's it's a team thing i need a little bit of help and his cousin looks at him and dead seriously goes yeah man i'll help i'll help fine 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 but what button do i need to press to get it going you know nobody taught me the tutorial for this and the subscriber is like waiting for him to laugh and be like nah i'm kidding but he's dead serious and he has no clue what to say because how do you reply to that? So he says it again. He's like, dude, what do I need to press to get this going? Like, come on, I've never done this before. You need to tell me the controls. And the subscriber has no idea what to say because he's like, buttons, controls, what? I'm not sure of the controls. How do I make it move? His cousin is now just kind of yelling at him now. And so it takes him a little bit. And finally, the subscriber is like, I guess I will tell him how to move his arms to row the boat. I don't know if that's what he's talking about by the controls or what. But like, he's starting to think that his cousin might actually think for some reason that if you're in a kayak, there's like a button you press to make it row automatically, which is just not how like, manual boats work <laughs> if you have an oar chances are there's not a button to press to make it go so obviously there's just kind of this awkward moment where his cousin is like you need to tell me how the controls work and the subscribers just kind of staring at him because how do you even reply to that you know he has no clue what to say so he goes through with the thought that he's having in his brain to tell him how to move his arms and so he's explaining to him how to take his arms and move an oar and he's as he's doing this like I don't even know how to explain this because I've never had to explain something like that, you know? So he's like, okay, you take your right arm and you raise it and you push it forward and then you dip it down and pull it back. Like he's literally explaining how to move an oar. And so his cousin's looking at him very intently and finally he finishes his explanation of how to row a boat and his cousin looks and thinks for about 15 seconds, you know, just sitting there. And he goes, yeah, I don't really do the whole physical activity thing, you know. Um, I didn't realize that that's what this was. I thought there was going to be an easier way to do this or like a system where I just kind of press something. 
So uh, I obviously still want to win the money. Like, I'm still interested in that because, of course, he was still interested in that. You know, wouldn't it be great if you don't have to do any physical activity and get the money? He's like, we were moving, so why don't you just row and we'll do it that way? And at that point, the subscriber's getting fed up because all of this is ridiculous. He's being rude. He's telling him not to hold him back. But now he just has to literally tow this dude in a race. Like, if we're talking about holding each other back... I feel like dead waiting and just asking the person to literally do all the work is the definition of holding them back. So he's kind of getting heated and he's like, no, there's no way that we're going to win this race if I'm dragging both of us in the kayak. That's going to slow us down so much. There's literally no way that that's going to work. If you want to win the money, then you have to figure out how to row or, or figure out something because there's no way me just doing all the work while you sit here is going to win. And his cousin is flabbergasted and angry at that, which is just a matter of fact. It's not even being rude. It's just reality. And he's like, well, why not? Are you not strong enough to carry me in the kayak? Like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have the ability to do that? If I've never done this before, you should be able to do it for the both of us. And at that point, he snaps. He's like, like, because it's for two people, two, it's a two-person kayak. It's not a one-person-does-all-the-work-and-the-other-person-sits kayak. It's not for one person and a deadweight loser. That's what this team is starting to look like, but I'm not thinking that that's what it was designed for. And obviously, it's the first time all week he snapped at his cousin. And overall, deadweight loser is a pretty tame insult compared to everything that's gone down, right? But I guess it's enough to absolutely set off the Minecraft kid, because the next thing that the subscriber remembers is his cousin lifting his paddle out of the water and taking it and smacking him in the head which you know definitely did not feel too good even if it's not from somebody that's got a whole ton of strength i'm assuming that getting smacked in the head with an oar is definitely not too good or not too great for your brain i've never been smacked in the head with an oar so i'm not too sure if i can like verifiably sign off on that statement maybe it doesn't hurt but i'm gonna think that it hurts especially because the person described their head afterwards as ringing like he got smacked in the head with an oar and his head's ringing he really couldn't think clearly like his vision was a little blurry and listen kayak oars aren't like a canoe or it's not some giant wooden paddle but if you're not expecting it getting smacked in the head by anything doesn't feel too good so at that point he's pissed off he's angry and so he lifts up his paddle and he turns around and he smacks his cousin not in the head but right in the chest with his paddle and he pushes him out of the boat basically and obviously it was pretty funny, you know, he kind of smacks him hard and he falling out of the kayak and he's like, whoa, you know, he kind of freaks out a bit. And this guy's head is still ringing because he just got smacked in the head. So he, after his cousin falls out of the boat, he paddles away a little bit just to make sure that his cousin doesn't, you know, flip the boat or grab the paddle and smack him again. And they were only about 10 feet away from shore. You know, it had been just him paddling while his cousin sit there and did nothing. So it's not like they had done a whole lot of work to get across this body of water right and so they're only about 10 feet from shore so his cousin's not in danger or anything like you know that's not like he's gonna drown he literally can walk back to shore he can stand and so he gets a little bit away and he turns around the kayak and he's looking at his cousin and his cousin's standing up at that point and he does like a motion that I can only say is replicatable by like Avatar and the Airbender. You know when he's just kind of moving his arms around to like send a blast of air at somebody? His cousin's doing that and he goes, you're lucky I don't feel like ending you right now. Which to me is just a great threat, bro. Like, oh, okay, Avatar, what are you going to send a blast of air at me? You just smacked me in the head with an oar and then I'm still trucking. I feel like you're whatever Jedi jujitsu you're doing over here is not that scary anymore. 
You're lucky I don't feel like ending you. That's big talk from somebody that just got smacked out of a kayak, all right? You know, like, if you had any real kung fu ability, you probably would have blocked the oar coming. Especially after you just smack somebody with an oar. Like, in my mind, if I hit someone with an oar, I'm like, they're gonna hit me with their oar. That's just the next common step. If you didn't see that coming, there's no way you're good at the whole combat thing. Anyways, his cousin storms out of the lake. He makes, like, the 10-feet walk over to the shore, and he just starts running up into the house. And he probably says something like, he attacked me because his family comes out, and as he's parking the kayak, he's pissed off at him. They're all like, what's wrong with you? Why would you attack our son? You know, you had no reason to do that. So obviously he had told them a story that wasn't really what happened. And he's had enough. He's been nice to this dude all week. He's been taking his crap. And he's like, listen, I didn't do anything wrong. Your kid hit me with a paddle. So I smacked him back. You know, that's what happened. And they're like, no, he would never. And he goes, yeah, no, he actually would. The reason your kid's not popular is because he sucks. And he says that to this kid's mom. And his cousin's mom is like, apologize right now. And the subscriber stays strong. He's like, no, I'm not apologizing. I'm not going to apologize. I don't feel sorry about what I said. And I'm not racing kayaks if I have to have him on my team because he literally does not know how to use an oar. Like, he does not know how to do that. He has spent so much time playing video games that he literally asked me what the controls are. And listen, obviously, you know, the cousin is at fault. It's on him. But at the same time, dude, if you're kid is playing video games to the point that like moving his arms is a confusing concept you're probably not doing very good at the whole parenting thing like that's a level of terminally online i did not know existed either way the family was mad that he wouldn't like you know just get over it and still do the kayak race with his cousin which I i'm not really mad at him for that dude if you smack me in the head with an oar i'm not doing a competition where i have to do all the work to make us win like honestly we all know this kayak race he's literally gonna have to drag his cousin the entirety of the way after he got smacked in the head and probably has a concussion no thanks and his family literally prevents him from participating in the kayak race because they were so mad at him, you know? They were like, there was no drama this week, and you brought up drama, they're mad at him, as if, you know, it's his fault for getting smacked in the head with an oar and not being happy about it. Anyways, I guess the moral of the story is don't let people smack you in the face with an oar, you know? It's okay to get angry if people do that, and if the people around you are like, no, you're not allowed to join our kayak race if you're not gonna let us hit you in the head with an oar then uh, it's okay not to participate. I know that's a very specific moral. Hopefully this never is anything that you have to uh, use this lesson for. But hey, now you know if you're ever involved in an evil kayak race that they, uh, you can always just not do it. Also, moral of the story, maybe go outside Minecraft, dude. If you're so angry at your cousin over like 12 seconds of him trying to nicely explain to you how to use an oar, that you smack him in the head with the oar, you might need to go get a little bit more life experience. You know, I understand Minecraft is great, but your cousin isn't a Minecraft pig that you just fed a carrot so now you can feed it to yourself with meat. Like, truthfully, in Minecraft, you can just smack anything with a stick, right? It, real life is not like that. You can't smack your cousin in the head with an oar just because you don't like what he did. It also doesn't make sense to me that he got in trouble for it. You can't join the kayak race because you got hit in the head with an oar. Like, don't, don't, how is that his fault, you know? Shouldn't that be a little bit more on the person swinging the oar around than the person whose head was in the way of the oar? Regardless, uh, you know, I guess that's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. Sometimes you don't get to join the kayak race. And overall, if that's your punishment, it, okay. 
You know, everything was fine until I didn't get to join the 2021 kayak race. That disappointment crushed me, and I will never recover. Like, hopefully that's not the case, dude. Hopefully you bounce back fine from not being allowed in the family kayak race. All right, so the person who sent this in to me had been working at this auto parts store for a little bit, you know, a couple years, and the person that they worked with was the owner of the store, who was a pretty cool dude, but he was getting older, and in order to retire, he was going to be selling the business to somebody else so he could take all that cash and go live on an island somewhere, which, hey man, whatever floats your boat, by all means, enjoy it. You run an auto parts store for like six decades, you deserve to go sit on an island for a while. Regardless, he obviously took the best offer he could get for his business, which was to sell it to this guy who had never run a store before. He had just graduated business school, and his dad apparently was some big shot who had given him money to buy his first business, and so, you know, he bought this business, thinking that an auto parts store is pretty easy to run, which if you don't know about auto parts, I don't know why you'd think that, and also because the business was already insanely profitable. You know, the guy had been running it for a while, he knew what he was doing, so the store made money, it should be easy enough. If this guy knew anything about business, it's kind of the best case scenario. You take over a business that doesn't really rely too much on you being the owner. You know, it's more about the staff and the fact that it sells car parts for a good price. You take over, the staff stays on. You should be able to just kind of sit back and relax, maybe tweak one or two small things and have a huge W by default. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Everybody knows that old saying. And if the store is profitable and you're buying it, then you should be able to keep it profitable. However, you know, business school apparently didn't teach this guy that. Because from day one, it became evident that this guy was going to be awful to work for and was going to single-handedly just run this store into the ground. One of the first things that he did was call a meeting with everybody and, you know, obviously everybody's like, oh, we're going to get to meet the owner and it'll be a nice, cool chat. And he instead made himself enemy number one, saying that, like, paid vacation was over effective immediately, you know, they were going to have to earn that privilege back. If you had any paid time off that you had accrued from the old boss, he would honor that, but he needed them to prove their worth if they were going to earn it back and start earning more time, which, listen, is just a great way to make everybody hate you off rip, right? And on top of it, it's going to 100% make you the enemy of everyone. Plus, on top of that, the store's making money. You bought it because it's profitable. What do you mean they need to prove their worth? Like, they've proven their worth by being a part of a store that makes a bunch of money that you just bought. You haven't even seen them work yet. How do you know if if, if they deserve it or not? Clearly, all their workers are, like, worth the paid time off and the vacation time and whatever else you might not like. Because if the store is making a crap ton of money, it really doesn't matter. Do it. Yeah, like, does it, you know? If it's profitable enough for you to go beg your dad for money and have him give you a huge loan, then you shouldn't really be messing with it off rip from day one. If anything, you should just sit back for a little bit and watch how things operate. Because the employees are not brand new. You are in this situation, you know? Anyways, obviously, everyone's pretty taken aback, but somehow nobody quits and like walks out in that moment they were kind of hoping that it was some like weird display of power that he was using to look strong or something and figured that if they just kind of ignored it for a bit maybe it would go away and uh, they all just tried to go about the rest of their normal day which you know I could understand you're like look this kid's young he's fresh out of school he really doesn't know what he's doing he's just gonna try to seem all intimidating in front of everyone maybe he won't be that bad And you'd think this guy in this position would just kind of sit back and watch what they're doing with the customers since it's obviously working and, you know, he doesn't really know what he's doing. But instead, he would just kind of follow around the workers whenever they were dealing with a customer. And anytime they did something that he didn't like, he would interrupt them and correct it in front of the customers. 
Like, listen, man, I would already be annoyed enough if after every time I made a sale, my boss was like, you could have done this better or that better. Like, what? If you want to come in and redo the way people talk to people, that's fine. But you're going to make yourself look really, really bad if you keep interrupting your workers when they're trying to sell something to the customer and being like, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. You know, it undermines them in front of the customer. The customer's not going to trust them now. On top of it, it makes you look like you're like a control freak, overbearing boss. And it's going to piss off the workers because nobody likes that. Nobody would like to successfully make a sale and then have somebody be like, well, you didn't cross your fingers twice, so technically it doesn't count. And on top of it, he was insanely nitpicky about like what people did wrong. For example, the person who sent this to me talked to a customer, sorry, and said, hey, how is your day? And the owner literally interrupted them and said that like hey sounded very unprofessional and they weren't allowed to say that anymore and hello was better which listen I guess it could technically sound more professional but like who cares really you know what I mean hey hello as long as they buy the car parts it doesn't matter that's just micromanaging if they're making the sales it really shouldn't matter what they say and how they open the sentence as long as the customers are happy with the service and keep spending money it really doesn't matter like these middle manager types just really get so bogged down about like oh Oh, you didn't blink twice while swiping the credit card, so therefore they're never gonna come back. And it's like, dude, that's uh, Dave. He's in here every Wednesday. He doesn't care how I swipe the credit card. Instead of just sitting back and seeing how things operate, just straight into like, you guys all suck, and we're gonna change this. Anyways, by the end of the first day, everybody's like exhausted and demotivated because it's like, man, this guy is the new boss, and he's gonna micromanage every word I say, make me look stupid in front of the customers, belittle me in front of people, and that's just not an environment anyone wants wants to be working in, dude. Like, okay, if you're going to correct something your workers are doing, that's fair. Obviously, sometimes you're going to have to do that. You should pull them aside and, like, do it privately, not in front of everyone. And the customers didn't really like it either. Like, a few of them had made weird faces towards the owner when he kept interrupting them, but instead of realizing that they were making weird faces at him, he kind of took it as a sign of support. Like, oh, see, yeah, you're making them uncomfortable, you know? Because the employee's mistakes were making them give him a weird look for some reason. I don't really know how that added up in his head. But whatever, by the end of the first day, it was just very evident that this guy was not a very good boss or leader and definitely not a good businessman because he just didn't really seem to understand how the store worked. I'm not going to say college did nothing for him, but you know, I do think it helps on top of a degree to have a sliver of real life experience before you just buy an auto parts store and go changing everything on day one. I mean, literally, just sit back for a week, watch how things work. As long as it's making money, you'll understand how the store's supposed to operate, but if you just come in and make changes before you even know how things are supposed to work, how do you even know if your changes are required, you know? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like only the crappiest managers would care exactly how they talk. Like, you know, like, oh, wow, you literally cannot utter that sentence as long as they're making money. You know, it's an auto parts store. I have the feeling that as long as they're buying the right car part for the right price, they don't really care if they say hey or hello. Maybe I'm wrong. For all I know, maybe people that love auto parts stores or like the equivalent of restaurant critics, you know, they're gonna leave a one-star review. I did not appreciate the informal manner with which they said, hey, you know, I just don't see that happening though. Regardless, everybody stuck it out, but after about a week of uh, working there with the new boss, a lot of people had already started to put in their two weeks and the subscriber himself was like starting to write his and, uh, you know, was just done. And he went into the office with the boss and said, this is
is my two weeks and handed him the paper where he had just kind of written out that like, you know, uh, I thank you for the employment, but I'm going to be seeking uh, further issues or employment elsewhere. You know, like I have issues with you, blah, 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 blah. You know, just a little petty, but just a professional letter. And the boss looks at him and reads the note and then says like, you can't quit and I can't accept this because it's not official letterhead. And the subscriber's confused and he's like, yeah, I can't accept a handwritten two-week notice to quit. You need to get me something that's like very official from a lawyer or something, which he's never heard before in his life. You know, usually a two-week notice is a two-week notice. It just is what it is. You don't need to get it like an official letterhead or anything. And on top of that, after that, he kind of looked into the laws a bit and he found out that like in his state, you don't have to give notice when you're going to quit. They don't have to give you notice when they fire you. It's like a situation where giving a two-week notice to your old boss is the nice thing to do. You should do that, but it's not necessarily a guarantee that like, you know, you're going to get the two weeks out of them. They don't have to do that. They could theoretically quit on the spot and there's nothing illegal about it. He was trying to be nice with the letter. But considering the dude had just been rude and dismissive, he decided to let him think that he had won and, you know, he was just going to have to go get an official letter so that way he could quit and uh, just go out the way he wanted to at some point, you know. So he just smiled and was like, yeah, yeah, of course, I'll get you an official letter. Of course, man, no problem. I completely understand it has to be an official letterhead. Yeah, of course, I've heard of that. I've heard of that multiple times. And, you know, he kind of just knew in the back of his head that that was a load of crap. And so after doing a lot more research, he called up some of his friends. And they happened to all be very nerdy. And some of them were into, like, LARPing and Dungeons and Dragons heavily. Nothing wrong with that. I love me some D&D. And that being said, they were nerdy to the point where they had a little bit of of medieval gear. And so he had the idea to like get a scroll and have one of them come in dressed like a king and like read a scroll saying I quit to the boss because you know that's just the most official letterhead there could be a scroll from the king right quit on the spot it'd be hilarious but the king wasn't enough he basically wanted him to bring like a group of people kind of dressed up in LARP gear and have all of them cheering and huzzahing when he quits not because he thought it would actually make him cooler or anything he just wanted to be as annoying as humanly possible and he just thought a crowd of people dressed up in medieval clothes screaming yay for him quitting would just annoy his boss more than any other way he could do it. He had tried to do it the nice way and give the two-week notice, but now he was doing it his way, you know, and so he tells his uh, plan to his friend, and his friend loves the idea, and they start planning it, and that Friday, he's gonna quit. His friend, he said he was gonna make it better than he dreamed of, and that they'd be there around 1 p.m. on Friday, so, you know, the entire week, he's still working, and Friday comes around, and he clocks in very, very excited to quit, you know? There's something very freeing about knowing you're about to quit a job like work there doesn't really feel like as much work because you just know that you're going to be out of there soon and the boss can't really do anything about it you know he has about four hours until it's quitting time and so he just kind of goes about his work and a lot of his co-workers are asking him if he put in his two weeks and he's just smiling and being like yeah you know I've got an official letterhead coming in and he's just making mistakes because he's not really paying attention all morning and a lot of people are thinking it's weird but whatever he's just kind of going about his business as nonchalantly as possible He's not trying to draw attention to himself. He just doesn't really care, you know, because he's going to be quitting later that day. But it gets to the point where the boss can kind of tell something is weird because his attitude is obviously a little bit different. And so he pulls him into the office and he's like, hey, is everything okay? I'm just noticing you seem a little bit more uh, loose and not paying attention to detail than normal. You know, you seem a little bit more goofy. Like usually you're you're pretty wound up. And he's like, yeah, I'm just kind of in a good mood. You know, I, I've got an official letterhead with my two week notice coming in. So when it gets here, I'm going to be really excited. And the boss gives him like a mean look and said, well, I don't know if it's okay that you quit. 
And he's like, well, what do you mean? You're the one who told me you need an official letterhead. Why do you need that if I need to put in the two weeks? And the boss is obviously annoyed, but he like raises his voice at the second question. You can't just quit. You know, I don't know why everybody here wants to quit all the time, but I think you guys are a bunch of losers that have never heard of actual hard work. I'm sorry that your old boss just let you do whatever you wanted, but you guys can't just quit whenever you feel like it, official letterhead or not, which is really not his decision. And on top of it, I feel like telling people that want to quit that they're losers isn't a good way to keep them. You know, I think in this situation, it would have been hard for anyone to stay calm. Most people would have started screaming back at the boss saying that he's a moron or whatever, but somehow the person eats the insult right and instead just kind of very calmly tells him like, look, you're very rude and dismissive to the employees. And I think that you're going to run this store into the ground. And the old owner was way better at handling employees. And the boss just kind of is like, get out of here. And so he does. And he just kind of goes back to stalking with a smile on his face because he knows that he's going to quit. And so he's just kind of minding his business. And a lot of the other workers that hadn't put in their two weeks yet are kind of like, dude, are you afraid that you're going to get in trouble? And he's like, no, of course not. And as he's explaining to everyone that like, he's not afraid because he's going to quit anyways, they hear the boss yelling in his room loud enough where like they can hear it, but you know, quiet enough where he could be like, no, I didn't mean for you guys to hear it. That the subscriber who had just argued with him is an idiot who didn't understand business, you know, and normally once again, that would really piss him off, but he knew he was about to make the guy look like an idiot in a few hours. So he wasn't too stressed about it. If anything, it just made him more excited, you know, like the fact that they had just gotten into it and he had tried to tell him that he couldn't quit just made it even better that he knew in a couple minutes he was about to be like, hear ye, hear ye, I decree that you suck, bro. You know, it, it adds a little bit of a level of excitement to it, like uh, being able to say that you beat your worst enemy in a riveting chess match or something. About an hour after that screaming match, the boss comes out and calls everyone over and he says that his dad, the guy that had given him a loan to buy this business, is going to be coming into the store at about, you know, 12.30 and so they needed to be on their best behavior, but his dad is usually late so it might be more about 1. And obviously when he hears that the dad might be here at 1, he starts to be like oh my gosh, my luck could not be any better, dude. It was almost as if the clouds parted and, and sunlight was beaming down, just being like Aww. you know, as if quitting in a a super annoying way wasn't enough. The fact that he was going to be able to do it in front of this guy's dad who had given him a loan just made it even juicier. Anyways, the clock is slowly counting down and it's about 12.55 when a white Mercedes pulls up and a guy in a suit steps out and walks in and he's on his Bluetooth still having a phone conversation. And, you know, he doesn't stop to look at anyone. He just starts looking at his watch and continues to have a Bluetooth conversation. And it's very evident that, like, oh, this is this guy's dad. And so he's just there on the phone in his own little world. And the son hadn't come out of the back office yet. But just in the nick of time, the door opens. And two guys dressed up as, like, medieval squires come in with, uh, I don't know what the instrument would be, the really long horns. I, I don't know, man. I'm not a musician or anything. But they have these really long horns. And they come in and they kind of, like, roll out this little, like, red car thing and they walk to the end and they go with their horns you know they're doing the whole shebang hear ye hear ye the royal highness and in comes this guy's friend dressed up like a king he's got a crown he's got the robe really looking like some just dripped out royalty right now and the guy on the phone is obviously annoyed that they just came in playing the horn and started screaming and he's like what are you doing and the king just kind of looks around and his friends just hamming it up when it comes to the acting just trying to be as annoying as possible and so he looks at the guy who's yelling what are you doing on the bluetooth ah you must be the owner of this establishment and he's like no i'm not the owner my son is but what is this and right when he says 
what is this, the rest of the group started coming in. They hadn't gotten the, like, 15, 20 people they had hoped for, but there's about 10 people, two of them dressed up entirely in night armor. Just the most random group of people to be walking into an auto parts store in the middle of the day. And at that point, there's a huge commotion, so the son came out of the back room, and he's as confused as everyone else because he sees his dad, a king, a, like, medieval gang, in the middle of his auto parts store. And so he starts yelling immediately, like, what are you doing? Get out of my store. And when he starts telling them to get out, the king is like, ah, you must be the owner. My scroll, my scroll. And one of the squires kind of like runs back out there and comes back in with this scroll. And they open it up and the king starts screaming and he's yelling over the owner. He's like, by the decree of King Ligma, I'm here to tell you that Dan quits. And everybody starts cheering, you know, they're like, Dan, 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 Dan. And the owner looks at Dan with just betrayal in his eyes. And he's like, what is this? Like, what is going on? And he says, well, you said you needed my two weeks on official letterhead. And uh, I looked into the laws and everything. And I don't have to give any notice at all. So I figured I would give you my quitting notice on official letterhead. And what's more official than a letter from the king himself? And then he bowed and said he'd quit, right? And so he hops over the counter and he's just like, I'm out, deuces. And they kind of just start to leave the store because obviously they knew they were going to get kicked out. Like now that he's quit and he realizes why they're there, they're going to get kicked out. So they start leaving. A couple of the squires, like one of them just keeps playing his little trumpet horn thing. And as they're walking out, the boss is like, you realize that if you walk out that door that I'm never going to let you work here again. And he's like, yeah, I know. That's the whole point, dude. Do you think I hired these people to come help me quit to like come back and work? Not that he hired him, but you know what I'm saying. Like he was like, you think I got this group of people to come here so I could come back tomorrow? Anyways, him and the group walk out there and he thanks everybody for coming. And they're like, no, thank you. That was a bunch of fun. We don't get to dress up like medieval uh, groups very often. Good luck with getting another job. That guy sucked. And he's like, yeah, thank you. And obviously, you know, they're just kind of standing in the parking lot laughing and talking about it a bit. And uh, I'm sure it's just a little bit of a weird sight for anyone driving by. Just two people in night armor, a whole medieval crew, a king, two squires, and then just some dude in like an auto parts uniform standing in the parking lot minding their business. And they're on a city street where like cops do go back and forth pretty often, you know? So a cop car pulls up and is kind of like, hey, what's going on here? And for some reason, the person who had just quit the auto parts store's reaction is to look at the cop and be like, oh, I just quit my job. As if that makes it any more clear what's going on. The cop all confused is like, oh, well then can you guys go? You can't loiter here. And everyone just started calmly walking to their cars and stuff. And it probably made the cop like double check that his coffee wasn't laced with something, you know, just uh, imagine you walk up. There's just a huge medieval group. They're like, yeah, I just quit my job. You're like, wait, okay, that's cool. Why are people wearing night armor? Like I said, bro, I just quit my job. He's like, all right, dude, did someone put something in my copy? Like, am I hallucinating right now, dude? Seriously, just imagine an entire medieval gang in the middle of a shopping mall parking lot at like 1.30. And then when you do confront them, they say they just quit their job. And when you're like, well, then go home. The knights don't draw their swords. No one gets angry. They just are like, okay, and go calmly about their business. You might be thinking you're hallucinating anyone's dressed up, dude. Imagine he rubs his eyes a little bit. It's just like a bunch of business people walking around with briefcases everywhere, you know? The cop calls in. He's like, I think my eyes might be time traveling. Anyways, like I said, they all left and went about their business. The person who sent this to me went home and started looking for another job and thankfully got one relatively quickly. And uh, because of that, he had no regrets about how he had quit that job. I mean, I'm sure if he had like been jobless for months on end, you'd start to feel like a little bit of a moron for quitting whatever job you had last. But because he got another job quick, it made it even more easy to be like, yeah, I quit my last job like this, you know? He did keep in touch with some of his co-workers from there because he had worked there for so long, but most of them ended up quitting within a month of two 
Pixar as well of like him leaving. And the place did end up going out of business about a year later, you know, they never really had any cars in the parking lot, but no one that had worked there was too surprised. Sometimes you just don't need to fix what isn't broken, you know, like I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you buy a business and it's fine, it's making tons of sales and it's printing money, you don't need to go in and start like yelling at everybody and making a bunch of changes because it's doing what you want it to do, which is giving you revenue, you know, like there's just really no incentive to start screaming at people that are performing. I will say that was a great way to quit though with some style, just hire a medieval court to come tell your boss to shove it. Must have felt like the absolute man in that moment, you know? Listen, I understand we don't live in the 1400s anymore, but it doesn't mean you can't feel like an absolute G when somebody wearing like full plated armor just starts chanting your name. Maybe it's just because I'm like a a little nerd or something, but I'm like, hey dude, if all the knights were like, Ryan, you're awesome, I'd be like, no, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It is weird how things change though. Like back in the day, you respected a man in full plate armor and now you see one, you just cringe and tell them to go home and they have to go get back in their Honda Accord. Just remember that everyone wearing cargo pants, all right? You're not looking tactical. You're basically going to be the equivalent of someone wearing like medieval armor in a shopping mall in 10 years. Maybe not as obvious, but equally as cringe, all right? That one goes out to all the cargo panthers out there. If you wear cargo pants and you watch this video, you're cool, all right? You get a pass just because you're watching this. Regardless, I would say that a bad job is probably one of the most soul-crushing things on the planet, and I hope none of you guys are stuck in one right now, but, uh, you know, if you are, hey, maybe quit in a cool way when you get a better job. I'm not saying you should wing it like this guy. Probably not the smartest idea, but when you get the chance to quit in a cool way because you have a better job already lined up, go for it. If you ever have quit a job in a cool way, I'd love to hear what you guys have done in the comment section down below, but, uh, yeah. On that note, I think that'll do it. Thank you all so much for watching. Be sure to press the like button. Let me know in the comment section down below what you thought, like I said, and of course, subscribe if you're new and turn on notifications. If you really want to help me out, I'll put a link to the intro song down below along with the link to my podcast, The Scuffed Cast, or of course, you could use code scrubby at the g fuel checkout beyond that two more things i got a shout out i do post some of my content on spotify so if you want to listen without gameplay or whatever floats your boat feel free to go do that link in the top of the description or you can get yourself some of the coolest merch to ever exist in the planet from the description as well it's pretty fantastic if you ask me on that note though guys that'll do it don't get anyone pregnant if you do make sure they're hot and hopefully i'll see you guys next time i'm out peace